So, uh, in these complicated times we now live in, uh, would you think the ICP would be doing a better job of taking the crisis seriously than parts of the U.S. government? I mean, with how bad the U.S. government's doing, that's such a low bar. Well, so, uh... uh, But yes, I am willing to believe that. Well, so, uh, to to confirm your beliefs on this one, the insane clown posse, uh, what's it, Violent J, and what's the other guy's name? Uh, Shaggy, Two Dope, and Violent J. Yes, uh, uh, Masters of Magnetism and Furry Advocates have gotten out there and they have canceled the gathering. Yep. See, I already kind of knew about this because I know several juggalos. Right, and so, so... And that's, not the, that's not the amazing part of this. It was the explanation they provided for oh, yeah. why they were canceling the gathering it that makes this good. amazing. It was, it was coherent, yeah. like super coherent. Similar to their work in Magnets, where it's still in character and batshit insane that they're talking about this, they yeah. outline... Not just like the social ramifications, but the like civil reasons, the medical reasons, the scientific reasons. Choose to yeah. outline how diseases are spread for their followers in a way they can understand. Like, if you're looking to understand, like, just yeah, how they're like, a disease is like bad fago, and if yeah. people keep buying bad fago, like it kind yeah. of is. Uh, That's the issue. Like, it, it's it's completely within the brand of ICP, but it's also, like, a billion times more informative than anything ICP ever does should be allowed to be. It's like, are you having a hard time explaining why this is a problem to people? Let us try and explain it to you in terms of I understand. So, brah, when someone gets sick, that's a problem. You know when you, like, you and your friend, like, bang the same chick, yeah, and one of you gets sick, that means the other one of you is probably sick, because you both caught something, because diseases are transferable via vicinity, and you're like, yes! This makes sense. I hate that this makes sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, when, yeah, when the true leaders of science and reason and knowledge also wear clown makeup. But, like, intentionally, not because they think it <laughs> looks good. Yeah. No, intentionally? Yeah. We need better leaders. I, I want I want to see them now explain magnets. Be like, well, when you have all the atoms... You have an atom, and when all the electrons move their cloud to the other side of the atom, so the protons are creating a very large positive charge, and the electrons are all making a negative charge. Have you, you actually listened to the magnet. lyrics of the song? They they explain it. They explain how magics work. Or how, how magics how work. Magic how magics work. That's a different video they're working on right now. They're they're kind of debunk it. They're like the rabbit was in the hat all along. The rabbit was in the hat. <laughs> No, no, see, this is what I, I picture, like, they got so much beef over the how does magnet work thing. I just picture, you know, Violet J and what's the other dude's name? Uh, Shaggy Two Dope. They're sitting in, like, a cave, stuttering advanced alchemy, figuring out how all these things are working. And so when the plague comes on, they're like, well, luckily we've been studying and we've become scholars of these types of things see, for the last couple of years. See, we go the Maybe same we way. Maybe off the gathering. We go the same way, but I think they're in like some hardcore lab. Like they've spent money to set up a clean room and they have like just scientists like in full scientific gear, but still clown makeup like at work yes. on oh, yeah. things around 100%. Them. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Huh. These fine, uh, Violin J, one, a moment of your time, sir. Yes. And then he walks over, he's like, what is it? He's like, have you noticed this seems to be acting in this manner? Huh. Looks like we now know how magnets do work. In our, Interesting uh, find. In our duplicate trial studies, we found these findings. We believe we can confirm them by applying 
by shopping this out to our uh, partner, a uh, lab out in Zurich. Yeah. yeah. Our, so, our Nobel Prize winning lab out in Zurich. Stephen Hawking's just there in the chair in a suit in the clown makeup and like, it's the EICP that keeps me alive. I gotta go in these veins. Yeah. <laughs> and in the background, there's the food scientist in the clown makeup slowly putting together things as well in this lab. Yes. He was always wearing clown makeup, I think. <laughs> That's for him, though. He's not an ICP fan. He's just like, I guess I work here. I want to fit in. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was casual Friday. Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast. Episode... It's not 199 still, right? Like, this isn't just a continuation of last week? No, no like, <laughs> like, like real numbers, our podcast numbers go up, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, so sequentially hey. that makes this, oh, fucking hell, two fucking hundred. Yep. What the actual fuck? That's almost four years of podcast material, so. So many Jesus, years I've wasted. I have wasted so much of my fucking life. Oh my god. When the world ends and aliens rediscover this podcast as a collection of human culture, we're fucked. So they're gonna be like, oh, no, no, these people were right to die off. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> they had it coming. They potentially did it themselves. It's gonna they be made... like when XCOM, with XCOM 2, where they're like, the aliens won. Why? Because none of y'all beat the fucking game. Because <laughs> <laughs> the oh Wicked god. Awesome cast happened, and well, yeah, no, we had to stop this. Yep. So, for anyone who remembers from, I don't know, a hundred episodes ago, I am Jeff, better known as Invader Gurr. I am joined today by Charlie, better, better known as Mordak. Uh, Henry, better known as Nomad Har or Kraken Zero. And the chapic, Chapstick Man himself, Alex, better known as Mave Online. Woody Woo. Woody Woo. Hello, guys, and welcome. So, uh. Still making Chapstick we- Man jokes, huh? Okay. It's the only one that it sticks because it was so out of like. I mean, what am I supposed to say? Like, uh, he's the the like hair dryer man now. Like, I don't know. Because I had time to go back and actually try and find some of our horrible inside jokes. We had some horrible inside jokes on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fortunately nothing's changed since then. <laughs> yeah. Since since I left, I definitely have noticed there is a great increase in uh, food scientists as opposed to uh, Nikolai Tracks. He's busy conducting legitimate business. God damn it! Hmm. Definitely not Koshka tracksuit. <laughs> Actually, it's one of the email questions we got. Oh, excellent! Mm. I'm glad I'm on top of shit. <laughs> I didn't remember the answer to it. I'm like, maybe one of the other guys does. Yes, his his Koshka tracksuit. Um, I remember, oh, it was Nikolai, Koshka, and then, um, I think there was a name for their daughter. Uh, what was it? You remember the Kilmore line far better than I do. We will cover this <laughs> later on. <laughs> Sounds oh, good. So who, so who wants to tell their week first? Because nothing's changed. And <laughs> we don't figure this out beforehand. Stop. Why would we figure this out beforehand? It's not fun to do that. Well, Henry's the newest member in some ways. Let's do Henry first. Sure. All right, so I played some Destiny 2, and uh, Mordak and I, we checked out the Guardian games. They kind of suck. 
They kind of suck. It's just, you just do bounties. That's it. Just a lot of bounties. And you kill Steel constantly. Oh, yeah. And so now it's like playing cooperative means you're just kill stealing everybody. Hey, that's my kill. Didn't see your name on it. Oh, you joke, but it really is almost that bad. Have you played Guardian games since we played together, Henry? Yeah. Oh, let's just say that, like, the bounties, when I just did them on my own, I got them almost instantly. Well, so have you been there for Titans raining from the sky with perpetual uh, dive bomb? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why that they're leading sucks. now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're leading now. If anyone because... ever wondered if Insurmountable Skull Fort was maybe a little bit broken, this event is like, yo, look how fucking broken this exotic is that no one ever talks about. <laughs> mm-hmm. And all this Titan, all, all Titan players were sitting there going, you know how broken Insurmountable Skull Fort is, right? No, it's not that bad. No, no, yeah, because it's a PvP. It's not a PvP exotic, so no one cares. In PvP or a PVE, it's bullshit. Oh yeah. So it's like, aha, you like to getting kills, aha, no. Yeah, there, there's no, there's no other ability in the game that's the dive bomb combined with that thing that is basically, oh, you now have two supers all the time, congrats and one of them instantaneously recharges so long as you kill anything. Yep. So, yeah, it's it's been uh, interesting. I've just, uh, yeah, I, I finished out the week. I mean, I finished the week's bounties, and I did them on my own. As you yes, that made it me, extremely easy. Uh, it made it extremely easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got them almost instantly, but it was like, it's, it's like the spirit of the games is hate everybody else. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, they could have done something. I don't know. I guess it's the the way that they keep track of things, but it's just like, I don't know. It seems like they could have at least made some bounties that made teamwork count. Well, in theory, any... So this is where things kind of get dumb. Like, so when we were playing together, anytime I picked up a Laurel you generated versus uh, and vice versa, as long as it's the same class, it counts for three. The problem yeah. is if you're playing with any other classes, it only counts for one. So the triple Titan teams doing strikes perpetually are are powerful. Like it's there's oh, a lot yeah. of weird stuff going on. Like partially, like the laurels don't count technically for why Titans are winning, but the Titans are winning because everyone else is like maybe fuck this shit a little bit. Like it's it's this weird yeah. cycle where like yes, there are more hunters in the game, but the fact that our Medals count for half as much as every other class in the game. Also, kind of sucks. Yeah, the hunters pull to an early lead, and then the titans. Well, yeah, because well, it's one of those ones where it's just like the games are boring, and I don't know what it is about titan players, but a they eat crayons, and b they're willing to put <laughs> up with that bounty grind. I don't know what it is about them. Maybe oh, it's the crayon oh, yeah. eating that makes them dumb and susceptible to just that bounty grind going on. But like. As a former Titan player and someone who's trying to return to that lifestyle, um, I fully admit to the fact that like part of my brain's like, yeah, you're okay just grinding this for six hours and watching Netflix in the background. That's what your life should be, right? That's fine. And all the people in my clan are going, how are you doing this? This event sucks. And I'm like, yeah, it does. Oh, well. Yep. So, yep. And so that's that's the, the week of Destiny 2. Other than that, I did play other games. What I'm saying is Titan players are, are very moe. <laughs> what was it? 
thick and simple but thick. thick and s- simple but thick. Yeah. Uh, I hate right. you, Alex. <laughs> because now all I can think of is goddamn the Kingdom Hearts theme, and this is your fucking fault. <laughs> I'm sorry simple we improved th- that for you, Jeff. Simple mm. and thick with two C's. Yes. When yep, you course. walk, away. yeah. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Right. Proceed. <laughs> <laughs> well, other than that, I've continued to play KOF All Star on and off because it's still by far. The mobile game I've played that is the least sort of parasitic. The least, like, it is still just throwing all sorts of free stuff at me. It's like, just log on, and here's literally everything for free. Like, alright, so you know your most mobile games have action points that determine how often you can do stuff? Yes. And, yes, yes. And most of the stuff in uh, KFL All-Star costs about... 20 to 30 to 40 maybe at the most expensive i have 5000 action points yeah they just fucking give you action points like oh I, well, you I, logged on you're breathing here you fucking go yeah you finally I, realize I'm, that it's better for them to have people play the game than to lock you out oh yeah and so yeah i uh, and that's i i'm not exaggerating here at all i literally have 5000 action points okay. i couldn't even use them all if i tried i was going to say like is it possible to use all of those action points like is it more i tried than, like, to at one point like is it you got above <laughs> a certain threshold and now you're just like oh god i'm drowning in these action points or like is this a common situation everyone has going on i think it's a common situation everyone has it's just like because they throw action points at you all the time like 200 at a time like, you can do a single thing, and they're like, here's 200 action points. If you like, were a whale, would you be having the same kind of excessive action points, or would it, like, maybe balance out, or might it be worse? I it'd probably be worse. Because that's the thing, God. is, like, I've, I have bought on this game a couple of times before. But yeah, it's, like, right, there's a couple of events a before that was, like, I kind of started to, to get close to 2,000. And then, but then after that event ended, I was like, well, back up to 5,000, I guess. And I, yeah. And so the game just throws everything at you. Now it's throwing, like, all sorts of free characters at you, too, all the time, regularly. So it's like, all right, I'll just do not a whole lot, really, and get all these free everythings. Plus they give, like, they also give out the ticket, the skip tickets really generously. So it's like... Mm -hmm. If you have to do, like, something three times in a row, now just spend some skip tickets on it, not even play. So, yeah, and it, of of course, has an auto mode, too, but where it just auto-plays, but it's like the skip ticket means you don't even play, you just finish it, just done. And so, yeah, that's that game is, it's real good. I mean, it's, I and I've played a good few, like, mobile games, but this one is just, like, ridiculously generous. Like, and, but they're apparently making money with it so far, I guess. I mean, it it was enough to make me just want to give them some money, in a sense, because I was like, I actually enjoy the game itself, and, yeah, eh, yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely a thing, but yeah, um, I've played some more Slay the Spire, but I mean, that's no surprise. Uh, I haven't really played anything new, uh, I guess I just still have a big library of games that I just haven't even, like, barely, I've barely touched. So I should just get to those and actually play them. Plus, I have a I have a queue of free games from Epic Games. 
Epic bad. Uh, but yeah, despite I, all these free games they keep throwing at me, see. Yeah, yeah. So Other yeah, there. Most of those I haven't even touched. The majority of them I haven't even touched. I picture like the real gamers out there every week lock into the Epic Store, like just angry about how they're getting free games. Like, but if you're good at business, just giving away games, idiots. Yep. Um, outside of gaming, I've. I'm continuing to watch Inspector, which is in slash, like, Spectre as in, like, Ghosts. Ghosts. Yeah, and it is still really interesting. Like, I like the storyline. It's clever. Like, I don't want to give away stuff for people that still want to watch it, but it's now, it, the main kind of story arc is around kind of rumors and the power of rumors, and it's really cool. And it's, I think it's kind of cool, and there, and the, and it has some kind of cool characters. And I mentioned this before. It's like I also think there's some good representation here, where the main character, she's missing an eye and an and a leg, and but that's not played off as a poor. It's it's not played in any sort of a demeaning way or any. It's just like that's just who she is. And you'll just see her sometimes just, you know, like, take off her leg and just go around because it's a lot more, like, when she's at home, because it's more comfortable to not have the strap, you know, to have the thing strapped on. Sure. And it's just, and but it's played normal. Like, none of it is played as, like, you know, as, as like, it's good representation. I just, that's it's one not of the things about I, how she's missing a leg, she just happens to be missing a leg. Yeah, and an eye. Yeah. And and it's just none of it's ever played Yeah, it's just that's just that's just the way it is. That's just the story. That's just the character. And there is a reason for it, but just the way it's played from minute beat to beat, it's not played in a sense. Like it's just there. And it's just like Yeah, I don't know, I just really appreciate that. I think that's one of the things I appreciate probably possibly the most. But I in general I find the story sophisticated and mature i mean it there it involves characters that are in their early 20s like 21 22 so i mean i i find that also good because i can't really watch high school stuff and get into it because i haven't been in high school for for quite a while and it's just not relevant to me but yeah uh so yeah and so this one but yeah it's cool fun storyline I like what it plays on, but yeah, and I, but yeah, there's a lot of reasons I like it. So, continuing awesome. to watch that. So, that's my week. All right, who's next? I'll go. Why not? Uh, so, I, I want to get out there and say this one right off the bat. Uh, I, I'm sure that Henry and Alex were all sitting there like, "Oh, Jeff didn't know Charlie changed his gamer tag name again," but Jeff was right. Back to being Mordak. We dropped the undivided. Still on gamer tag stuff, but. <laughs> for social media and Twitch streams and all that jazz, it's back down just to Mordak. My omnipotence. <laughs> Jeff is a consummate professional. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, this place so- has been a. This place is a sham since I left. <laughs> the floor isn't clean. All the mics are sticky. Why are they? I good? can see the Cheeto dust everywhere. <laughs> good. No good. one's hosed Alex down in weeks. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> Sorry, just the even better. <gasps> <laughs> the studio pig hasn't been washed lately. Now I can think of his Krieger with uh 
what was it pigsley was his pig the radioactive pig oh, yeah. uh, because of social distancing we put my dog in a bag last night and hung her from like a like her feet were sticking out of the bottom of the bag so we could trim her nails and she was not having it there was <laughs> it just was like mm-hmm. okay we're doing this like you gotta hold out peanut butter. Dogs love peanut butter. Uh, yes, but pugs also are notoriously for hating having their feet touched, like, more mm-hmm. so than normal. Like, when we pay people to do this, it takes a team of three people to hold down a 15-pound dog to do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there was not a third person in, the, uh, in, in my house to help with this, so... Scrump got put into a uh, into a, a tote bag, bag with leg with, holes. Yeah, and just like dangled there with the the, the least dignified mountainside rescue ever. Just well, <laughs> guess we're doing this. <laughs> Poor Scrump. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to hold pugs. Or I used to hold animals for my mom because my mom's a veterinarian. They got they got mm. no like snout to hold in. Their face can rotate and yeah. you at any moment. <laughs> they don't have much of a neck either. <laughs> She's the master of like the partial bicycle kick for Escape Twos. Like, t- not mm-hmm. to put this all about my dog because we do a video game shit to talk about. But like, anyone who's ever lived with a pug understands the phrase "pug core." They are, <laughs> as long as they're not little fat fucks, they are surprisingly agile fuckers. Like oh, running oh, around, yeah. like they will wall run occasionally. You're like, what? What the fuck? I thought you were an out of shape breed. And they're like, yeah, eventually. But for now, I practice the French art of parkour, backflip. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, I definitely know that uh, my my parents had a pug for many years, and yeah. Yeah, she was, like, super, super agile, so, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, she's doing My safe balls off the cabinets. My mom's pug was super not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying all of them are, but, like, she mm-hmm. will, like, leap off the back of the couch and, like, roll on the ground. She she straight up does, like, the breakfall rolls, and I'm like, how are you doing this? You're a dog! I am a human and couldn't do this. And she's like, it's okay, bro. I got my four miles on the rooftop yesterday. We good? <laughs> See what her Fitbit looks like. Mm. How did you run 83 miles? <laughs> it was a good week. Say so they, they tell you to stay inside, but nobody goes on the rooftops, man. <laughs> really, the parkourers amongst us are the lucky ones. No, yeah. no, they're not. Parkour is terrible. <laughs> uh, it's uh, in, in actual things we talk about in this podcast and not just weird shit going on in my house right now. Um, also, we talk about, I guess. Uh, I checked out that pinball. I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or oh. this was just something I talked to some of y'all about separately or in some weird way. Uh, I think we ended the last week talking about pinball. I checked out that pinball arcade game that you can get off Steam and on apparently every fucking platform known to man. And despite the fact it lost the uh, Bally West licenses and that like straight gutted that game, that game mm. is hella cool. Hmm. That's what I've gotten from a lot of actual pinball aficionados. As someone who cares a lot about pinball, uh, that game has three of my favorite... It doesn't have my favorite table, but it has three of my favorite tables of all time in it. And I am very satisfied with the recreations of that table. Like, it's not perfect. I wish it was a little higher res, but, like, all the weird functionality I love is there. All the weird bullshit is there. Like, it... It captures the joy those tables brought me. Like when stuff does weird things, it does. It, it gets that nostalgia going. It's it, it 
unlike the other really good pinball game I play, which is called like VFX Pinball or, so, or VFX Three Pinball or something like that, which FX3. is what one? FX Three. Yes, that one. Sorry, yeah, which is also a really good pinball game, but full of like pinball stuff that could only happen a fucking bullshit ass video game like oh the ball lights on fire and breaks through the glass and then punches out satan and you're like yeah i, I get it i got a multi-ball fine <laughs> the arcade uh, pinball one like feels very grounded in physics and their recreation of the uh the big hut big hurt table i never know the name even though i bought it now feels beautifully accurate and brought me back to like all of the happiness i had when I was a child playing that game for four hours straight at one point. Yeah. At, Good. The, the big hut table is, it will always have a special place in my heart where it is a, t it is the table. I had a one play on at last for four goddamn hours. Nice. Yeah. Their recreation wow. of the wipeout top table is also fucking fantastic. I'm, yeah, I mean, I've I've only heard good things about yeah. it. To be honest, I've watched a few people stream it too. I mean, I'm not I'm not a pinball person myself, but I will watch somebody play it. I got into this game enough that I'm like now trying to track down ways of getting the now like no longer accessible stuff back into that game for me because I want to try them out. Like they they have the Adams Family table in that game technically, which is not my favorite table, but I understand why people think it's the best table ever made. I I hope I think they're still supporting it, but it's not totally clear. I they're definitely mm. kind of at a loss. They're at a loss of a lot of pinball tables in there, and I I appreciate the fact they have some of the weird ones in there. I think it's called like the Grave Digger, or the Grave Keeper, the Undertaker table, which is three fucking pinball tables stacked on top of each other with little view windows down through them, so you can see the different ones. It's one full table with a lower table and an upper table, and I have Whoa. played that one in real life, and they successfully simulate how fucking mind-bending that fucking table is to play. I'm like, yeah, no, this is uncomfortable to play. Like, I feel like I'm straining my neck trying to look in through this horrible window to play the lower table, and God, is it great. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's yeah. That one and the... Uh, VR motor support? Hmm? So does this thing have VR support? I don't think it does, but the camera angles mm. are really good. So, like, and it's dynamic camera. So, like, it zooms in on the lower table, but it zooms in, like, at the awkward angle compared to what your default angle was going to be previously. Yeah, they... Whoever figured out the camera angles for this understands that there are three correct stances to how to play a fucking pinball table, and they have mm. found, like, maybe not exactly how I'd stand at that table, but, like, within a inch of where my sight line would be like the average of what the correct position are like position one is that like obnoxious my face is like my, my nose is resting on the edge of this table because i gotta look up at this motherfucker the second one is like slightly at an angle zoom back and the, and the third one is the entire table in like one shot you're like arms straight getting as much of that view in as possible so you can look at it like and then the kind of zoomed in views successfully track to match that thing and I'm unbelievably impressed with this game. Like, I know it's old. I know it's like, I w I almost bought it several times over like over its lifespan, and I regret not buying it now. A because I'd have totally fucking bought those Bally West packs because they're some of the best tables out there. And I'm sad I don't have them right now. But also like the work they did on the Big Hut is fantastic. The work they mm. did on like not the best table, but a, a table I love, the Starship Trooper table. Like, down to the fact that the high score entry screen remembers, yo, 
you get to pick a trooper face to go with your name. It has that mm. built into the game. Doesn't need to be there. Fucking amazing that it's there. <laughs> I got to it. I'm like, oh, right, shit, I forgot about this. Yeah, this is a thing you do in this game. Like, you type in your name, and then you pick from, like, generic soldier face to go next. I'm going through. I'm like, okay, where's the, like, weirdly sexy soldier lady I always put from my... There it is! <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so happy with that table. That's awesome. Yeah, I... Yeah, like, it's the, there are tables in that game I, I, I know from real life I don't like, and I have played and been like, man, I hate this table still! They did a very good job recreating it. Everything about this table is still bullshit. Well done. You nailed the bullshit that is this table. Like, I, I, I love this thing so much, I want them to go back and do the, like, infamously worst table ever made, which is the legendary Black Knight table. Oh, I've if, seen that. Yeah, like I've seen that in the wild. Yeah, I, oh yeah, no, it, it comes out at like every major tournament and stuff. Like someone wheels out that like godforsaken table, and looking at it, it's not that hard a table conceptually, but something about the spacing and the angle of everything on it, like mm. if you playing it, it's not fun. If you know pinball, playing that table is like. You just become irrationally angry and like want to take that thing out in the parking lot and run over with a car. Like, <laughs> I, I can only play three rounds on that thing before I'm like, I should burn this table to the ground and do society a favor. Like, we must eradicate the Black Knight tables. They need to go. Well, they're worth forty five hundred. They are Plus. legendary tables. Oh, don't get me wrong. If I could own a Black Knight table, I would, and then I would like pay thousands of spiritualists and exorcists and stuff to come through and exercise the horrific demons that I can I only assume condemn, make that but... table bad. <laughs> yep. And see, we're not talking about the they did make a newer table. No, we're talking about the classic Yeah, I, one. I'm talking classic Black Knight. I the, the new like here here's the issue. New Black Knight is like, oh, we, we we tried to make a bad table. Isn't it terrible? And yeah, it's a terrible fucking table. Yep. The actual Black Knight table, someone's like, yeah, this is the new table we're putting out. It's an awesome table. And it is the worst table ever. It's so organically terrible. It is, it, yeah, yeah. That's you can't the thing recreate too. the natural way in which it sucks. Yeah, it is. It is hands down, like, without any intent behind it. I've played tables that are designed to be hard or challenging. Like, it mm. is this mix of everything on it is spaced slightly wrong, every angle on it is slightly wrong or not symmetrical, and it's slow. Like, it's it looks like a steep table, but the ball rolls so slowly on it, your time gets fucked up. Like, it's an optical illusion. Like, I think it bends the reality of face <laughs> of space time around it, kind of thing. Like, you age prematurely while touching it, while the ball on the table moves at a third the speed of reality should. Like, it is. Mm. Anyone who has ever played a pinball, like, if you get a chance to play around, to play two rounds on a Black Knight table, a real Black Knight table, you should. Because the first round you go, Okay, cool, whatever, it's just a pinball table. And then you play the second round, and you realize it's not you. Yeah. It's the table. The table sucks. It wants to kill your family. 
it would sit there and laugh and drink their blood and then marry your mom just to be like, I know I killed your family, <laughs> and I'm going to kill your mom now, too, but I'm going to fuck her first for years. Jeez. I'm going to run out her money, and then wow, I'm going to kill her. And not call her back. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to stand your mom up at a fancy dinner that it was going to pay for, but then it doesn't show. Oh, no, no, it shows up, racks up a giant bar tab, and then, like, they makes a point. its wallet. No, no, it, it just, like, it goes to the bathroom and then, like, Waves at your mom as it's walking out of the store, out of the restaurant, kind of thing. Yup. <laughs> like, that's the level of dickery that is the Black Knight table. And then has the audacity to, like, drunk text her a couple of days later, being like, You up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Wow. I, I've never been big into pinball, but man, is that a word picture? I, <laughs> yeah. The, the Black Knight table fucking sucks. Uh, it's, it is amazing. Everyone should play the Black Knight table twice. And then never again, if you live in Los yeah. Angeles, go to Pins and Needles. They have one of the best in uh, condition Black Knight tables I've ever played on. Like, I got to hate some, I got to hate a table I hate in high fidelity. Like, I'm like, man, <laughs> they spent such a good job restoring this table. And the guy's like, don't flip it over. I'm like, how did you know I was thinking about doing that? But we've all played it. I'm like, yeah, I, okay, cool. I'm amongst friends. I get it. I get it. <laughs> we all want to flip this table. We, like, we, yeah, we, know. we drilled it to the floor. Yeah, we, we've anchored it into this parking lot because your immediate instinct after pulling, after the first flipper hit is, I should knock this table over. We've like also given scene. it a bouncer. Yeah. 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 Oh, no. It's like that scene in Metalocalypse when he, uh, when, uh, was it Charleston, uh, informs uh, Nathan Explosion that he had the table drilled to the ground so he couldn't flip it anymore? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of like no, that. Uh, so Pins and Needles is, it's normally a, uh, it is a pinball event that happens, I think it's on Tuesdays, that there is a uh, band practice space in downtown LA that one guy just used one of the rooms to store pinball tables, and on Tuesdays he pulls them out, and one of those tables is the infamous Black Knight table, and they're, they're all in fantastic issue. They're all, they're all older tables, that there's a whole league around it, but like the guy stands with one hand on the Black Knight table being like, I know all of you want to go inside and grab a fire axe and just destroy this thing for existing. And we're all like, oh, we do. We really fucking do. <laughs> but we love that it's here, but also fuck you for owning that table. They what have the a Black Knight tournament that exists around it. And for like a decade, the highest score on it was 20,000 points, which is a... a that's a obnoxiously low score for any table ever, except Black Knight, where it's like, oh, you broke 500? Damn, you good at pinball, son. <laughs> yeah, it's Damn. not like these new fancy pinball tables that are, like, made well and, like, give you millions and millions of score in, like, seconds. Yeah, I, it's everything about the Black Knight table is fantastically terrible. Like, it's, it's such a good terrible for being... For, it is, if there was ever a super villain of pinball, it is it. Like, it's it just sits there <laughs> hand-steepled going, I know you're going to play me, and I'm like, I know I'm going to play you, fucking Black Knight! Would you say it's like the Dark Souls of uh, pinball tables? If no, no. Dark Souls is the video game. If, if how, do I put, how do I phrase this one? Dark Souls is the video game equivalent of this, this table? Yeah, but like on casual mode. Oh, okay. I, and also, at the end of the day, people enjoy Dark Souls. Dark yeah, like, Souls, I don't think is bad. Dark Souls is challenging. Yeah, you, you can like, win at theory? Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So the you question just lose becomes, less at Black Knight. <laughs> so the question for me now becomes: Would you ever do a uh, blood drunk version with this pinball table? I no, because it would end in me projectile <laughs> vomiting into the coin slots to stop its <laughs> reign of terror. Like. It, I think it would actually get stronger after you threw up on it because it would, it would feed on it your sadness. It would smell terrible. Like this is the only pinball table that like wants to smell like bad beer, piss, and vomit. Yeah, like it's it's like uh, it, it, it comes from the fact that like, I must stew in juices of man to reach my full form. Oh my! It's like a gutter punk paint or pinball machine. And the worst thing is, it looks like a nice table. Like it's got a cool night on the side. The art is of the era. It's very nice. Like it's like. A good-looking Black Knight table is a beautiful retro arcade table. Like they are, they are, they are prime examples of a time that does not exist in the arcade world, and in some ways, in like the consumer for fun electronics world. And then you play it, and on the first pull of the uh, thing that launches the ball, it knees you in the nuts and goes, "Take it, bitch." <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> well then. <laughs> this thing sounds pretty fucking gnarly. Yeah, so I, I want I, I'm gonna have to double check it's not in there. If it's already in there, fucking like asshole for not finding it yet, but I really want Pinball Arcade to somehow capture the evil that is the Black Knight put into their game. Because then Pinball Arcade would become the black would become the dark uh, souls of video games. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, you play Dark Souls? That's cool. That's cool. I play the virtual version of the Dark Knight table. What the hell's wrong with you? I know, pretty badass. <laughs> I'm a real the gamer. Salty Spittoon. <laughs> the Salty Spittoon has nine Black Knight tables in it. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> they drink at the bar. <laughs> ah. But beyond that, I've been playing my Animal Crossing. Uh, it's they added they. I, I don't think I brought it up, but the Animal Crossing was lacking a very important character for me, which was Crazy Red. Do any of you know who Crazy Red is in Animal Crossing? No, no idea. So, uh, uh, you'll figure out why I love Crazy Red. I start explaining him. So, one of the less popular or less talked about aspects of the Animal Crossing game is. The museum, like the museum, is a jet as an overall topic. It's a big part of that franchise. What no one talks about is the art part of the museum, and that's the world of Crazy Red, box of legitimate business, and definitely not art forger. He is the mother and fucking Nikolai tracksuit of Animal Crossing, <laughs> and he shows into he rolls into town, totally not to set up a black market and sell you definitely real art. And in this game, they gave him a tugboat, and he pulls up behind your island to definitely not sell you fake art. Mm -hmm. And he is in the game, and he is amazing. Oh shit, Black Knight's in there! Yes! <laughs> it's a ROM emulated. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if somebody had to, like, ROM emulate it in, or... I will they... go check that out. I will... That... Yeah, but... At some point, somehow, some way, some person got Black Knight working. I, I need to that end game. this podcast and go track down Black Knight for Pinball Arcade. All right, see you guys at episode three hundred. <laughs> All right, <laughs> see you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, and uh, the, uh, the change to that to Animal Crossing, I think, are good. A lot of us just got a store upgrade. Uh, Leaf's in the game now. Um, Leaf is up. Leaf turns you into a drug dealer. By the way, he's there to buy your weed. 
at double the price. It's good to put a wholesome or wholesome lessons in an early age. So they finally (laughs) added back in the parts of Animal Crossing I love, which are yeah, this game at its top level is this like obnoxiously family friendly idealized world, but it's got these like hilariously like it, it. Yes, he's there to buy your weeds, not your weed. But, like, Leaf is this totally chill dude who's big into plants who just wants to buy your weeds, man. I don't know why this is reminding me of the character in Grim Fandango who is the hippie. Yeah. Because guns in Grim Fandango turn you into flowers. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's it's kind of that, yeah. Like I was it, saying the hippie had an existential crisis because he was all into flowers and when he was alive, and then when he got to the afterlife, and it turns out he's distributing weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. Yeah, it's... They're adding back in the kind of tongue-in-cheek, the tongue-in-cheek aspects of Animal Crossing. I thought the game lacked at launch. Like, yeah, we can make jokes about how um, yeah, Nook, uh, Tom Nook is just Pablo Escobar at this point. He is. That's not a joke. That's, that's, that's how he actually is, and you're, you're kind of his number one, like, like a cult follower or something, but like Crazy Red is back. Crazy Red is still great. He's still crazy. He's got a boat this time. He's a man of legitimate business. <laughs> it's great. Like it'd be one thing if he pulled up on the beach, but now nah, he He's goes around to the now. back of your island and honks. He's like, yo, I could do this legit, but that's not what you want. <laughs> Remember I had a tent? Yeah, the tent was creepy. Oh, I know it was. I know it was. <laughs> Buy some art. It's mostly not fake. What was that? It's totally not fake. Yeah, the Mona Lisa always had a coffee stain on it. What of it? <laughs> That's the kind of shit Crazy Red gets up to. I've, I've also bought my first killer in Dead by Daylight. I'm having a lot of fun with that game still. Have not bought any survivors. Face? No, I bought... Uh, I, upon consulting the Who You Should Buy First logs, I bought uh, Leather... Uh, What's it called? The Cannibal, a.k.a. Leatherface from Cha- uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Nice. He's interesting. Um, the funny thing is, I think a Hillbilly's a, like a, a, a kind of a mastery version. Of oh, yes. Him, Hillbilly is better, but I have now, like, it's the... I, I, now that I'm playing that game, like, for reals, and by that I mean, like, playing an extended session of it at least once a week, I now care about the currency of it, and the perk barbecue and chili really mm, helps you rack up good. blood points. Oh, people use that a lot. Yeah, like it's people, for someone who needs to level characters. I'm like, okay, yeah, I get, I get the buying that character who is like a nice low skill ceiling character for someone trying to go to go to hunter. Like, I, 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 that's the problem too. I, I keep looking at Ghostface, being like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get you eventually. I, 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 I know I am. Your perk sounds great. Your play style is how I want to play this game. The first Scream movie's fantastic. All the Scream movies are fantastic, and just in different yeah. ways. Yep. Even yeah. the bad ones are fine. Like, I, yeah, yeah. But I also, I am not good enough as a hunter to have fun with that character. And you know, the Cannibal's nice low skill tier. Like, it's the fact that. It, I know he's easy, I know playing him is a little bit crutchy, but you know, I'm now getting at least two kills, or at least two full hooks per game as him, like, because I'm capable of focusing on other stuff and not just, like, trying to stack things on things. Like, Huntress is great. Huntress is until you get balls. no one escapes death. Yeah, I, I want that no-ed. I, I want that no-ed. I, I want it so bad. Oh, yeah. 
Is that's that's what's really going to jack your stats up yep. because then and that's one of the like things that makes a lot of them like hunter even more yep. like Oh no, that that makes her fucking brutal. Like and that's the thing too. Yeah. Now that I'm playing the like okay, what perks actually matter? And, like, I now understand the game enough to understand what perks matter and why there is a like okay, here's the path you want to go through for these characters. Yeah, it totally makes sense you pick up cannibal as early on as you can because yeah, you want those blood points. You you need that blood to unlock the stuff for other characters. Like Michael Myers, amazing character. The perks he comes with are dog shit for him. Yeah, his main abilities are fantastic, yeah. like really powerful. But yeah, his his perks are not good. Yeah, like it's it's telling that the best, like some of the best builds of Ghostface don't have any of Ghostface's native abilities on them kind of thing. Like, it's like, no, no, yeah. the character itself is solid as hell, but, like, other stuff makes him bonkers. And I'm like, I want that other stuff. Like, I want to yeah. play him with the Doctor ability to freak people the fuck out. Because <laughs> yeah. that feels canonical. So for the uninitiated, what is the Doctor ability? It's so, the um, what's it called? It's called, like, um, uh, Observe and Abuse or something like that? Yeah. They got some real creative names oh, for these things uh, in this game. Dead by Daylight's a fantastic game. I'm learning. I regret not getting into it sooner. Like, I'd been t I'd been talking about it for a while yeah, now, but I've dabbled in it over the years to have tech topic. Okay, whatever. And it took Blood Garden to get me like into what that what that company is about to be like. Okay, let's go give Dead by Daylight the shot it deserves. And yeah, no, I'm having a lot of fun with that game. I also played Blood Garden this week. Mm. That game is still awesome. Yeah. I'm sad it's a dead game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, 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 you can still play it. You can get into matches, but the matchmaking time is terrible. Yeah. You better have, you know, another, or you, you know, MTG Arena or something open. I, it's, it's, in between real, matches. it's really sad because the game is just so good. It's weird. Like, we're dead by daylight. I, I sit there and go, I don't want you to change a single thing about this. The base mechanics of Blood Garden are like, man, there are so many other cool game modes you could have made with this that I want to see out of this game. Like, just something silly like, like, like a Survivor Racing would be cool in that game, I think. And, yeah. I think the problem is you you had too much, and I mentioned this from the beginning, is I was afraid that there's going to be too much of an overlap between the people who like Dead by Daylight and yep. the people who would who would want to play Blood Garden, you know, Death Garden, you know, Blood Harvest. Because yeah, it's it's really going to be a similar type of people because let's just put this out there too, not that many people are are like co-op play, like proper co-op play and the idea of a asymmetrical like PvP style game. Also, people, I don't think a lot of people realize really how to play it well because it's not common. Yeah. So I think that for a lot of people, there's like a fear of getting into it in general, and unfortunately, being lesser known, it just kind of faltered. Well, and I it, this is where it gets weird. Like the balance for Blood Garden is problematic. Like. But that could have been made better. I mean, Dead by Daylight did not come out of the box balanced. Yeah, but I think also just, like, at, at their base level and, like, balancing is a whole art unto itself, the Hunter yeah. versus Survivor balance is much easier to do in Dead by Daylight. 
the, the, what, the, the, the survivors, the contestants, whatever the fuck they're called in Blood Garden, are incredibly powerful com- from like at base level compared to a base level hunter, and that is a problem. And that like being a high level hunter in that game is really cool. So like as part of this, the game is in like dead mode. They drop the prices for everything, so I now have. I didn't have to grind to get a top tier hunter now, and it's really fun playing hunter in that game now because I am appropriately powerful, and the balance between kind of the parkouring and the fact that like trying to shoot something that's parkouring is a fucking pain in the ass. It's there now. It's it's weird. I think they try. It's the way the perk system works in the two different games is a little bit different too. I think Dead by Daylight. Mm-hmm. They should have copied how that system works for that into Blood Garden. Like, there's too much customization in Blood Garden for the killer's own good, which is sad. I, yeah, I, let's not belabor this too much. These are two older games, but yeah, Dead by Daylight's still really goddamn good. It turns out. Yep. Yeah. There's a reason it's it's still getting new new characters every yeah. season. Coming to a Mordak stream near you soon. You can watch me be garbage at that game. You got the, uh, what's it called? The studio running? Nah, it's sort of is the answer. We're getting in, I'm getting in stream to kill time. And also because it brings me happiness in these weird times. I have a weird setup in my living room right now. It's because of COVID. It's the, the studio in the garage was up and running. And now it's been kind of dismantled and brought into my living room because it just didn't make sense to have it out there at this point. Like we never got AC installed in it. And, we got our first 90-degree weather day in L.A. yesterday kind of thing as of this recording. And mm-hmm. I'll say that day. Yeah, it, it, despite the fact my garage has unbelievably good insulation, and it only got up to, like, 80, that's still hot. Yep. Yeah. And throw a couple hundred watt power supply or two in there. Yeah, and I think we talked about kind of my miracle internet I have out there. I have yeah. 200 in the house. I have 30 in the garage. One of those is a lot better for streaming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That is accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's about it for my. Oh, I forgot the most important thing. Um, if you're looking to burn like four hours of your life and go, what the fuck did I just watch? Uh, Netflix has a cannabis cooking show and it's amazing. Mm. Of course it does. Canada's cooking show. No cannabis. Like it's a it's a cooking show oh, revolving okay. around weed. Even if you don't care about weed, watching the show is amazing because it's broken. It's divided in half. You have judges and just six assholes that are being served the food that proceed to just get stoned out of their skulls throughout their meal. <laughs> and like this weird shit happens. And the chefs are taking it very seriously and the judges are taking it very seriously. And they just cut to this table occasionally and they're like, m- like, missing stabbing stuff with forks and shit and <laughs> at least in the current times we live in it is like it is someone found out to make a reality tv show out of a stoner comedy and it's just, it's full of so much joy and dumbness <laughs> of people taking the competition agree like, appropriately seriously and then hard cut to man this water tastes amazing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's quite easy to find. It, yeah, I hope for more seasons of it because it's hilarious. 
Like, one of the people at the table just walks up at one point and, like, wanders off into the studio audience for, like, a bunch of time. Like, where the fuck did he go? And then, like, comes back in a totally different outfit or something. Like, no, he's sorry. He's wandering around the set, like, picking stuff. He eats a fucking eggplant like it's an apple. <laughs> I think he changes clothing, but I'm not totally sure. I don't remember that part of it. Allegedly. I, yeah, it's... Yeah. It's great. That's about it for my week. Uh, beyond that, not too much. We're streaming again. Woody woo. Indeed. I guess uh, that's, that's me now. Yeah. Um, not much is going on. Uh, I actually cleaned out the office slash game room I have here at my house. So. Oh. Um, yeah, I had a lot of Interesting nowadays you can call that an office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, actually, you haven't been here since this, but I bought a house. Yeah, in Portland. He listens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I, but yeah, so I have my little office slash game room. And so I, uh, I packed up all the boxes, got that scored away. I put up some LED lighting strips around the ceiling perimeter. So I Fancy. have this really nice little effect. Instead of using like, cause I had these two like stand up lamps that were behind me, but how sick stream, is the underglow in your office now, Alex? It's actually pretty fucking sweet. Because I might, I stopped using the the room lamps for it. Because the, well, the issue was the lamps were behind me, and when the webcam is pointed at the light, it fucks with the kind of the image. Mm, so instead, yeah, yep. now I just have the LED strips that go around the uh, mm. ceiling. I didn't get the whole perimeter of the ceiling, if you will. I have to maybe either just invest in another strip or something. But yeah, so. Um... Other than that, it looks pretty nice. It lights up the room really well. I'll, I'll send you guys pictures of it. Um, but yeah, so I'm slowly starting to put in more work as far as getting the room sorted out. I'm probably going to get another table and some other stuff. Um, I do actually need to get an electrician out here because I want to change these outlets from the two-prong to three-prong uh, as part of the whole thing. But I don't know. Given the current world situation, that's why wait, 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 what? Soon. What? You, you have, don't have a ground. You have two, just you have just two plug holes in the wall. Some of the rooms. This is a house that was built in 1950 something. Okay. So mm, yeah. Some of these out, like the, a good chunk of the outlets, it, it have three prong, but there are like the bedrooms, like my bedroom, the game room, and the uh, what do you call it? The you the have knob and tube. Knob and tube. No. The okay. Good. No, no, no. These are these are actual like it's an actual breaker like with switches and everything. They redid okay. the electrical box not too long ago, so okay. that's in fairly good Thank shape. God. Yeah, you're so, just missing the ground plug in a couple of places. Yeah, so I'm just gonna swap out the get that done by an electrician or something. But uh, yeah, we do have actual breaker box. That's not the knobs and switch. It's an actual like actual like flip switches thing or whatever. But yeah, so. Yep, uh, I actually went and it's funny because there's these things that I'm interested in doing now around the house I never thought I'd be interested in doing. Like, I'm actually looking into like garden tools and stuff like that. And Hashtag like, favorite spatula. Yeah. So I actually went and bought an electrical mower. Uh, and oh, I really rookie like mistake. It. Oh no, I like that thing. Um, is your yard the size of a desk? Uh, it's actually fairly decent size, but the battery itself is like 40 minutes, which mm. is more than enough time for me to mow my lawn. Rookie mistake. Oh, no. 
Nope, I like it. Uh, let me explain this one to you, Alex. What happens uh-huh. if you get lots of dust inside of an electronic? Oh. It dies. I say it ceases okay. to be an electronic. My oh. friend used to have this joking theory that all electronics run on smoke, and when the smoke <laughs> gets out, the electronic's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, yeah, people who do circuitry, you know. Oh, it, it's like call a... It, call it the magic smoke. Yes, when the caps magic burn. Smoke. When caps burn, basically. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, this, this mower's runs great. It's got a five-year warranty on it, so... I, I'm not tripping. I like it. You're not into summer yet when grass fucking grows. <laughs> well, considering all the rain and stuff right now in spring, we're getting some pretty good height on the grass right now, so... Uh, I, yeah, um, you're not into summer yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, for the time being, it is a great mower. Uh, it runs great. It, the battery quick charges, which is really nice, so... I pop it in the thing and it charges in like 30 minutes to full. So, um, yeah, other than that, so getting that stuff done and working on the game room, uh, I switched out my, the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I keep fucking it up. The sink. I switched that up a little bit a while ago, or at least get some improvements on that. Um, yeah, but it's, it's, I gotta say, like these extra days here at home. Because I, I, I'm working like a half work at the office, half yeah. at home. It's nice to kind of work on little things here and there, uh, which is kind of nice. But yeah, um, I've been um, doing like Jackbox Party Pack with Mandy's family uh, over Zoom and all that stuff, which is kind of neat. It's been Very fun nice. the last couple, of, uh, last couple of weeks. We've actually done that. And so I have like the Jack's Party Pack one through six. So <laughs> we have plenty of options to go through as far as that goes. So, um, yeah, it's, it's nice. Um, I am also, I got into this indie game in the alpha recently, uh, Shadowlands, which is, uh, kind of neat. And I am having fun playing the WoW Shadowlands alpha right now in between, What's like, downtime. What's different, I guess? Um, so the, a lot of the actual... Uh, Alex is having fun. That's different. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> that's, that, that's a fair point. They will patch that shit out. I know. So it's, it's I have been listening to old podcasts. My God, Alex! Like, we need to have some more like come to Jesus moments with you, man. The abusive relationship that you are in. <laughs> like, if you need a re- a audio recorded timeline of your like Chris Brown relationship with this game, you have it. <laughs> oh, I know. It's probably. I don't know what's gonna break you of it. The amount of times I'm like listening to you and like old podcasts being like. And the people at Blizzard don't give a fuck about anything but money. And then, like, okay, things are okay now. And, like, <laughs> shamans again. And I'm just like, Alex, when are you going to learn, dude? Uh, <laughs> that's, oh, that's fucking great. They gave us backpacks. It's okay now. They took the backpacks away and beat us with them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's... It, so, it, so you're on the carrot end of the carrot and stick <laughs> theory, okay? Yes. <laughs> Soon I'm you're going to get right the now. stick again. Yeah. Right now, well, stop right drinking now, things, again. Things are carrots right now. They're not sticks. Yes. Yep. So, um, but I'm actually, I'm doing something different as opposed to my usual times in the alpha, other than just getting bragging rights to be in the alpha, is I'm doing a lot of, like, individual little things here and there, and actually submitting feedback and testing and things like that, like, as I should. Interesting. So, yeah. so you're about to find, so a long time ago, uh, Adult Swim did a peti- sign a petition. 
to bring Metalocalypse back on the air, and they had a video stream of just a printer printing all of it out straight into a trash bin. And <laughs> that's what you're doing. Like, you know, I feel so good for you that you think you're making a change. <laughs> Sorry, I'm such a prick. Oh, it's <laughs> No, no, you would back this old podcast of Alex complaining about, wow, you get yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. They, they, you think that they're listening. Whew, that's rich. They're just sitting well, there trying to pick which belt to beat you with. They're like, I hit him with the brown one yesterday. Well, that's the crazy thing, too, is, like, they're actually responding to threads and things people post as, like, as opposed to before, which is nice. Yeah, they, but it's probably just me being like, oh, yeah, they're just whatever. But yeah. They stopped drinking for the month. It's fine. They'll, they'll, they'll be back to normal yeah. soon. Yeah, they'll be off the wagon yeah. soon. <laughs> this time will be different, Alex. <laughs> Wow! Wow! Is again coming back, trying to apologize to you, saying this time will be different. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. I'll be better this time. <laughs> I can change. Change which hand sorry. I beat you with. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Alex. You were telling us something yes. interesting and letting us know about how you are actually making an impact on the world. Tell me about Shadowlands. How you got into a cool and interesting thing. <laughs> Tell me about Shadowlands, you poor dumb abuse motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> no, um uh it's 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 fun. I'm the trying out the new mechanics and kind of submitting feedback. And all so what stuff. maybe you can't tell us what are the new mechanics of Shadowlands? Like can you become a vampire? Um not yet. <laughs> I'm thinking there will be at some point we'll be able to. Wait, is making up something dumb that sounded like shadowy and edgelord like. <laughs> no, there's um so was it so there's a couple of new different like races in the game obviously because of the based off the kind of storyline situation what's going on with it but there are vampires and it wouldn't surprise me if you do get to make some vampire looking creatures you know down the line I, I just refuse to believe that like in a in an expansion where you literally go to hell in world of warcraft Mm-hmm. And the Doom guy isn't there. He's there. He's just not there yet, I think. Like, he's making his way there. Or something. Like, I, I, like I, I'm expecting, like, I guess, more of a reaction to that, I guess. Like, I, I know it's WoW, so it still has to be WoW, but the, the fact that you're not, like, oh, you're doing X, Y, and Z, and, like, the Satan is there, and... Uh, I don't know. Like, w- w- like, what makes this thing Shadowlands, I guess, except for, hey, it's in Shadowlands. Oh, right now, it's just, hey, it's in Shadowlands. Although they do have Torghast, which is their, like, crazy, like, single-player tower-climb situation thing. It's actually, I've been watching some of the stuff on it. I haven't had a chance to try it yet, because they're only allowing certain classes to try it. But it's it's pretty fun. Right now, it's just the atmosphere. That's, it's essentially that's a roguelike, what right? What do you mean? I was reading something that, like, the, I guess some of the end content for Shadowlands is essentially a roguelike dungeon as opposed to a traditional dungeon. Something like that? Huh. I mean it's it's procedurally generated. And like yeah. it's and it's got some weird like gear setting stuff to it. Yeah. But it's it's pretty cool. And I think well part of the whole thing too is like as you work your way up the floors, you get like certain special buffs and things like that. Um to kind of make your character stupidly powerful. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. But it's it's very much like a tower climb kind of thing, if you will, so. So it's a bit more like a traditional dungeon crawler than... I think Kinda. It, it's not, yeah. like, it's it's different each time, though, is the impression I got from reading it. Like, it was... 
I read it and went, ha, huh, wow, bullshit. Bet Alex will know about this, and uh, apparently Alex doesn't, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, that's, well, it's, it's, that's the whole thing, is it's supposed to be something similar to that, but right now there are 72 floors you can climb, and then there's a heroic version where things are a lot harder, but yeah. So, um, nothing yet as far as tier sets and things like that go, although some of the gear coming out of that, like, as far as the design, looks fucking cool. Alright, so, I... It's kind of like reference what Jeff was talking about a few minutes ago. I remember when we were going into Battle for Azeroth when you were in the alpha for that and you were real excited and you were coming off Legion and things seemed real cool and the sky was bright and birds were chirping and we all weren't in social distancing. And with Uh that in mind and given how flat on its face Battle for Azeroth, I both fell for you personally and just kind of the WoW community as a whole. Well, see, here's the thing. When it came to Battle for Azeroth, people were already complaining about the Azerite system, and they didn't say anything about it. Like, sure. that, was, that whole system on the forums was abundantly, like, talked about saying, no, this is, this is a shitty system. And so, um, this time around, though, the, the, there is one worry, and it's the Covenant abilities, which is okay. you get to choose one of the four covenants in the houses that you like, kind of quote unquote. Is there a hat to. that helps you sort? Uh, <laughs> no, no hat to sort. You kind of just choose whether you want to be part of these like four like uh, angels kind of thing. You can choose to be an emo vampire. You could choose to be like inspired by like. The Lich King stuff and all that. Oh, stuff. Okay, so um, what garment do I use to join the house? Is it like a cod piece? Is it the socks of sorting? No, there there are no socks of sorting. No garment attire. You just click a button once you decide the one that you want to be. The used T-shirt of sorting. Yeah, yeah. The sweatband of decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that's kind of the the thing with that one. Um. So that, that one, people are putting a lot of posts about, like, hey, this is, this is going to be a fucking problem. This looks like Azerite 2.0. And so... Well, I guess how? Like, what about it? Like, is it based on choice, et cetera, et cetera? Like, is- so each, each covenant has a different special, quote-unquote, covenant ability that you unlock for your class. Sure. And so in the game of min-maxing and wanting to be best when it comes to raid... Every class will have a definitive, this is a best-in-slot, like, covenant ability to have. The problem is, you choose aesthetic style over actual gameplay. Because if it comes to it, for example, let's say, as a rogue, I want to be part of the vampire, like, covenant, if you will. The problem is, the best-in-slot covenant ability belongs to the tree people. And belonging to, like, the hippie forest people instead. So, do I give up the aesthetic, or do I, like... I, I know you're not intentionally being vague, but, like, can you give us some examples, like, whatever class you're playing this in, can you give us an example of how different the abilities are or something? Like, I... I okay, I so... Yeah. They're, they're still fleshing them out right now, but, for example, um, there is one that, let's say, for the vampires... You stab him with, like, a bone spike, and it does a ticking dot that does blood damage, or bleed damage, and it's supposed to be really good because it's, you know, the bleed damage, and as an assassination rogue, all your blood damage that you do, or bleed damage that you do, is buffed by your mastery and things like that. 
okay, that's cool. On the other side, um, and let's say the Blood Spike does 600 DPS. Let's just throw that number out there, for example. And I like the aesthetic. Now, the problem is, um, overall, if you were to, uh, let's say, uh, pick the, the angel people, the, the like Kyrian Covenant or whatever you call it. Use right? real examples for this. Like it's, I'm not asking you to make stuff up. Like I, I, I want to know the actual, like what these differences are. So mechanically speaking, one ability for Covenant 1 does 600 DPS. Sure. The other one does only 200 DPS if it triggers properly. The problem is there's always going to be a best in slot, but I can't switch between the Covenants. Your Covenant that you have is set. Can't do anything about it. And the problem with that becomes, well, how are you going to balance this stuff? Because also, as time goes on, you can't just change Covenant. Like, it's, you can, but it's this whole super fucked crazy process that sucks really bad. Um, and so in order to be best in slot competitively when it comes to being able to do, like, the best damage, the best healing, best mitigation for tanking, you can't just swap these abilities willy-nilly. Like, let's say in this tier, Covenant 1's ability is really fucking good. But the next tier, Covenant 2's ability is way better for it. Now, you're pigeonholed into Covenant 1 because that's what you picked at the beginning. And you have to do a whole elaborate process just to be able to change over. And it becomes just an issue where mechanically it just doesn't seem sound. I, no, I, I guess I'm getting, I get the problem. Like, it makes sense that you're, they're basically once again forcing you to pick from one of four options that, like, you don't know the ultimate kind of fallout of those options, I guess. Like, you're in the alpha. You're in the alpha beta, whatever the fuck this is. Like, in theory, you're looking at them. Like, is there a We don't real... have... Well, the problem is we don't have all the covenant abilities Gotcha. Yet. That's what I was getting at. Like, it's the, that's the limited sampling at that point. Yeah. That makes more sense. And I guess if I wanted to give you a real-life example, um, did you ever play uh, Star Wars The Old Republic? Uh, briefly. Okay. So, in the game, in, Star, in, in, in uh, The Old Republic, the classes were exact mirrors of each other, if you will. Even though they were named different abilities, and, you know, the Sith ability was called this, and the Jedi ability was called this. Yeah. Technically, they were mirrors of each other. There was parody, at least, yeah. Yeah. The problem with that was, though, certain, certain classes, the way the animations and things like that worked, technically were better than the other ones. And the biggest standout for that one was actually... Um, what was it? The Sith Inquisitor, which was like the caster-based mm -hmm. version of it. And then in the Jedi side, I believe it was the... Uh, shit, what was it Doesn't called? matter. Yeah. Point is, um, like damage-wise, they did the exact same damage with one of their abilities. The problem was, the Sith version was instant, and you immediately took the damage. On the Jedi side, you had to wait for the rock to pull up from the ground and then hit the character before the damage took place. So even though they were technically supposed to be exact mirrors of each other, animations and because you picked the you know the Jedi version yeah, of that they, class, they weren't actually the same. Ultimately. They yeah. weren't actually the same. That's what I mean in terms of covenant ability. It's like when it sounds yeah. And I guess like what I was more trying to get at like if you have a limited exposure, obviously like do you already see a like. Obviously, they won't be the exact ability across the board for each one, but, like, do you see a world where, like, the lamest Covenant has the coolest power? Yes, it's actually already starting to show up for some classes. The few abilities that they do have right now, currently, yes. And I have not Real just example, seen, Alex. Like, like, I'm not asking these questions just to be vague. Like, 
explain explain like what the covenant is and what their ability is if you can. Like I, uh, I I don't know all the details. Fair enough. It's, it's stuff that some of the other like theory crafters and people who the bigger brains of the theory crafting community have already kind of looked into and talked about because and it, it comes similar to the same thing as far as like Azerite traits. Um, and the reason I bring up the Azerite traits thing is because uh, in Battle for Azeroth. A specific piece of gear had a very specific set of Azerite power. And that Azerite power was really good if you were a, let's say, a tank, right? You got all the right traits for a tank. But the problem is that piece of gear is set. I can't just switch a spec and all of a sudden those traits will work for my DPS spec. Now I need to farm a whole nother chest piece just to get the right Azerite traits kind of thing. And it just becomes this whole thing before, like with tier sets, if you got the rogue leather shoulders from, let's say, the Argus raid, you had the rogue leather shoulders, which means if you switch from Outlaw, which was like the combat spec to Assassination, you didn't have to farm up a whole other set of shoulders with the right traits. You had the shoulders for the traits already. So it, 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 it just kind of becomes this whole thing. Like I've, never ha- I've never had to carry more gear in my fucking bag. Sure, yeah. It's my issue with Destiny is that I have to carry around three builds. Yeah. For each subclass, yeah, that that. So that's what I was trying to get at, like the, the vagueness of like it's possible we'll have the best abilities for some stuff. It's like okay, yeah, but why? Like, is that is there already like hey, man, the we fucking suck faction has this move that does like a billion damage instantaneously and also heals your entire party. Yeah, something like that. But um, the other the other wonky thing, if you will, um, let me see if I can put it in destiny terms. Hmm. Doesn't need to be in Destiny terms. I'm more just trying to make sure it's fully explained for our listeners that don't necessarily play WoW and all that jazz. Okay, so let's let's do this. For example, um, what's that Titan ability that has the fire hammer? Uh, got to be more specific at this point. You throw a flaming hammer at people as a titan. yeah. There's three that do that now. Okay, yeah. you pick one. Yeah. Okay, so let's say that. Uh, you have one that's really good for PvP, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's say that one you really, really like, and you like the... Remember when they have you pick between those like three different factions, like Dead Orbit and all those? And those are gone now, yeah. Yeah, so imagine that your special abilities were totally dependent on which house you pick, and you had to wait till no, the I, next I, reset. I, I, I'm not asking you to re-explain it. that whole part of it. I was just more trying to get at, yeah. like, if there already was, like, a man, everyone hates this faction, but everyone's pledging it because... They have the best ability situation. It's, it's the alpha, so things are going to change too. So it's not like yeah, it's the tree people. They, they apparently they have a really good covenant ability, but their like their their armor sets and the look of the whole aesthetic is like it'd be great if you're a druid, but if you're like a plate warrior, you don't want that. Look. It's lame. It's lame. Yeah. So yeah, and the other thing too is like oh, they have a really good ability for the DPS spec for warrior, but what if I play both tank and DPS? Now I have a shitty tank ability, but I have a really good DPS warrior ability. And so they're not really giving us the ability to freely swap once you put in the work to unlock it. We're not, the, the complaint is we're not saying you don't want to unlock it. The complaint is I don't want to be pigeonholed into this because I'm playing this role specifically, especially if I'm a hybrid class that can heal or DPS. Like, sure. It puts me in a shitty situation. Paladins can do all three, for example. And so you have to pick the one covenant that's going to have your best main spec. Sure. But if I want to, like, help out and let's say, oh, you know, our tank's gone this week. I, I can pick up the role and pick up, you know, tanking. Problem is, I'm gimped because I don't have this tank ability. 
because I picked this covenant. And it's, yeah. The, the big suggestion out there is to turn it into a talent tree once you unlock it kind of thing, like we mm. do now where we change talents in a rest zone, but who knows, we'll see. Makes sense. Yep. But yeah, so I'm just kind of fucking around with testing. They changed shaman or er, er, elemental and enhancement so fucking much right now. In a, I guess like so in that vein, like are the changes you're seeing good or bad? Uh, it's a mixed bag. So one of the things that like shamans, shamans didn't really bring like DPS shamans didn't really bring much to raids currently. So they're just kind of like not really working out. Um, shamans have wind fury totem, wind fury totem again, and they're kind of bringing more emphasis on totems and that hybrid. DPS healing kind of class, which is really nice. The problem is, they're trying to, they're, what they're doing is they're unpruning a bunch of abilities right now. So, like, they're like, okay, well, let's bring back some of the abilities that we took away a long time ago, which is cool for some classes, but for others, it's just like maybe there's too much that got unpruned. And that's actually some of the feedback they said is like, you know, but one of the big issues we ran into was we pruned too much. This time, we want you to tell us. Maybe did we unprune too much? So they're just giving us a tons of stuff. And so playing a DPS or playing an enhancer shaman right now on alpha is like this very much like you're standing at a giant switchboard and you're just yeah, hitting too all many these options. buttons. All over. Yeah. There's just too much shit going on. Well, that was always the, pro that was the problem back with shamans and like vanilla was like, man, you have options. Are they good options? Some of them are. Which one? Really depends, man. Yeah. And it's so, it's just this giant smorgasbord of shit to hit. And there's just some things that, like, is it even worth pressing this button, even though it's, like, you have cooldowns and stuff built into it? Like, sure. do you, is it even worth it? You know? Like, you, we got Searing Totem back, which is kind of cool, but the problem is, like, some people have done testing, and even with, like, the one, the talent, and actually dropping the Searing Totem, it does minimal amount of damage. So you're literally just wasting time dropping that. So... <clears throat> The other thing, too, is obviously Shaman Totem. Like, you have to press some... You have to blow a cool, global cooldown to drop a totem. And the problem with that is, if I'm a warrior, I can just run in there and start smashing shit right away. As a Shaman, I've got to drop totem, put on my debuff, and then I can start doing my, like, rotation. And that's just assuming you're dropping one totem. If you're dropping Wind Fury totem, and then a Healing Stream totem, and then you're also dropping another thing. Like, it just... You're doing, like, three... Three global cooldowns to set up to fight while a warrior literally just went in and started smashing the shit out of the mob. All right. So, All right, so we're going to load two into the weeds, I think, for a sec. Um, yeah. But anyway. So that's, that's... last one, you were coming off of Legion. You're coming off Battle of Azeroth right now. Like, Battle of Azeroth is just a fucking wash. And I well, think that's what I'm getting knows. at. Like, I guess like for Battle of Azeroth, you were coming off of Legion, so you had momentum. Like There is minimal to no momentum at this point. How do you feel about that situation with all things being considered? Like, I guess, like, Legion was, like, the last big high of the franchise after several, like, eh moments. Like, we can debate kind of how eh they were, but, like, the, the first big thing in many ways since Wrath of the Lich King. Uh, it, um, you're coming off I mean, what I think a lot of people think is one of the worst expansions, if not the worst expansion, period. Yeah. Um, well, given the fact that it's, like, now that in the alpha testing... There's a lot of feedback going in and a lot of content being produced for it. And like devs are actually watching and responding and saying things as opposed to Battle for Azeroth's development, which was people were posting a lot of shit and a good chunk of it was just ignored and not responded to. The fact that we're at least getting some sort of response is a good sign for that, just to know. 
And so right now we're following a similar development pattern that uh, Legion did, where there was feedback and people were like responding to certain things. Not as much as now, because I think now they're actually responding to feedback a lot more often as opposed to before, um, which is, you know, a big thing. But uh, yeah, so it's, it looks good is, is what I'm saying right now. Okay. The way they're behaving is what makes it a little bit more comforting. Um, and some of the stuff we've seen so far, like they're actually doing some stuff with questions that makes it worthwhile. Um, and Legion did have its fair share of faults that were actually pretty glaring. Yeah, and that's like, what I'm saying. That's hence the like the, the highest point since the highest point of the franchise kind of thing. Like it's yeah, I, people like me will argue that franchise has been on a downward trajectory since Wrath of the Lich King. Like it's had bumps up in that, but it's all been downhill technically. Yeah. Um, I actually, I really think, uh, what do you call it? Um, I thought Mop was pretty good. It did have the really long dry spell, but for most in terms of class balance and stuff, it was really good. It doesn't matter for this conversation. I was more just trying to use the fact that, like, Legion good, Azeroth bad, and the player base as a result of that's in very different spots mentally. Yes. So... Kind of like how Destiny going into next season is going to be real fucking interesting, potentially. Yeah. This season has sucked. That's the... That's what I'm hearing. So, mm-hmm. um, Yeah. So I think just given the way the developers are responding and how much shit they got for the previous expansion, and it's like, we told you these were issues and you ignored them. So, yeah. 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 That's, that's it for me. Is that it for weeks? No. <laughs> Who did I miss? Uh, me. Oh, right. Yeah, you. Oh. What have you been up to? <laughs> well, instead of telling you my week, I guess this is basically going to be like my year? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, where have I been for a hundred fucking episodes? Yeah. How's the, how's the shuttle room? Uh, I wouldn't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> if you're still in the shadow room and you're afraid, blink twice. This is an audio format podcast. Thank you for making that. <laughs> Hear your microphone twice. I can see the blinks through there. <laughs> He's in the shadow realm. Confirmed, guys. That probably got lost yeah. in editing. <laughs> yeah. Charlie's just going to have the sounds of like a busy street or something. It's like he is. <laughs> Kid fly to Portland, thoroughly. slap Alex, fly back, put that sound in it. Yes. <laughs> so, for those who don't know, uh, I used to live in New Hampshire. I no longer do. Uh, in the last year, I quit my job and found a new job in Rhode Island, uh, where I am now working for a different medical device company as an engineer. And uh, because of that, and because I work for a company that supports uh, life-saving devices, I am essential staff. So I am uh, one of the people working through the COVID-19 thing. Um, but uh, you guys still there? Yeah, we're, yep. Yeah. Okay. Just the, the pure silence there for a minute. I was like, am I talking to an empty room? We're just letting you <laughs> talk, Jeff. Yeah, did the internet mm-hmm. fail me? So uh, I did the thing Charlie hates, which is I made a list. You've got to be more specific. Yeah, I hate so many things. Yeah. Oh, no, no I, ma- I, made a li- I made a list of the things, and I know Charlie hates my lists. Um, so I'll start off with... Uh, Countering what uh, Henry said the other week, uh, I, like Charlie, am up-to-date on Castlevania, and Castlevania is amazing. Um, Charlie, have you gotten to Season 3 of it yet? 
I have not gotten to season three. I'm still like two thirds of the way through season two. Season two, I think, is absolutely amazing. Um, the ending of season two is absolutely amazing. And season three, I was almost not going to give it a chance. And then I did, and it has also proved to be. I, I have awesome. heard good things about what happens in season three. I've heard it kind of goes a little bit off the rails, given how I think I, given how I think season two ends. The fact that season three even exists is weird. Yes, it is. Without giving anything away, there isn't an or they didn't have to make a season three unless they wanted to, and they actually made something good with it. Okay. Um. So I highly recommend that. And the other thing I'm here to do is get on my soapbox and, like, you know, some, sometimes there's, like, a movie or a show comes out and it's so good, you have to encourage others to watch it so they'll make more products like it? Uh, well, okay, apparently no one's seen or heard of that. <laughs> um, but so, the I've been talking to Charlie about this a little bit, but... Um, Henry and Alex, are you guys aware of the Harley Quinn cartoon show they've come out with now? Is I'm that, aware of it. I haven't seen it, though. Birds of Prey thing or whatever? No, the cartoon. No, cartoon, no the cartoon. Oh, DC, no. DC has released their own cartoon. of a, It's a Harley Quinn-focused story. I mean, I've never seen Birds of Prey, but I assume that they have, they have a lot of similar ideas. But the cartoon is absolutely out of this world, outrageously amazing. Um. It is, in short, it is basically the story of Harley Quinn breaks up with the Joker, not a new concept, and she decides to strike out on her own and is trying to become this great supervillain. And one of the exact quotes from the show is, there is a glass ceiling on supervillainy. Mm. And literally, she is, like, fighting against the idea that, like, it is a male-dominated supervillain world, and she proceeds to basically say, A, fuck that, and B, rises to the top, doing everything that everyone told her that she couldn't, doing things her way, and doing it with, like, the ragtag group of, like, misfit, uh, misfit cast-offs, and the show is absolutely, and all the while the show is, like, insanely hilarious it is so fucking funny and well written as a crazy all-star cast and a lot of like uh the guy who used to play george costanza on seinfeld's in it as well as the guy who used to play newman is the voice of the penguin and like hmm. it is a really 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 good show yeah um, um it's based around a uh, story arc that they did at least the current season is based around a story arc from the comic books I'm more than oh. or a lot of great stories come out of the comic out of comic books. Well, that's the thing. It's like DC has been killing it when it comes to TV. For some reason, they can't seem to do a good Make a movie, movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, almost like the complexities as... of the DC comic universe don't uh, transition well to film because they're not so well self-contained, while the Marvel ones do because the DC ones have shit heroes but great villains, and Marvel has good villains but sh uh, has good heroes but shit villains. Yeah, I yeah I can kind of see that actually, um, but yeah it's yeah the yeah it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean one of my favorite versions of Su Superman that they actually pulled out of the comic was uh, All Star Superman, which was the one done by Grant Morrison. It was kind of the one shot, which is just sort of a 
not necessarily canonical Superman, but extremely good story. But they made it. But they went ahead and animated it, mm-hmm. and yeah, and the animate and the animated version is just straight up. Here is the comic book, but slightly more, but still the comic book, and it's still my favorite version of Superman. But yeah, um, it doesn't surprise me at all that the uh, Harley Quinn series is also extremely good, especially. And this is a thing that's been a thing since like the '90s. When it comes to animation, DC's been doing really good animation. Like their animated stories have been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Mostly, mostly. Even the yep. animated film stuff they do, DC does well. I don't. I think it's yeah. a live action issue. I think it's a whoever's making decisions on their movie end are idiots. <laughs> Agree. It, it's because it's obviously well, not the same I, camp making the decisions I for the movies and for the series. I can explain this one actually, and I, if you want a really long, drawn out version about to say, go watch uh, the, uh, your videos on playing Arkham Asylum. Yeah, yep, with Will. Yeah, like we we get into this for like a majority of that playthrough, but like the mm. basics of it is like the fundamental differences between how the two universes work is that. The majority of Marvel stuff is contained to individual heroic characters. The DC thing is this kind of messy web that rewards you for having all that stuff in your head and kind of how they play off of each other, but it translates to movies in a horrible way because, like, you can't just have a good Batman movie anymore. You can, but it has to be kind of the way Christopher Nolan did it, where it's a very self-contained, very deliberate he's the only superhero thing. Like, it's part of why all the short, like, uh, 90-minute cartoons they do work is because, A, they're not for mass audiences. They're for fans, or at least people that are aware of that larger whole and either, like, know the stories or have enough of the background that that falls into it. So where the movies fall short is that they're trying to either condense or write the nuanced story without any of the stuff that leads to that nuance. And it falls on its face. Like, the, like Batman versus Superman fails, not because the idea of Batman versus Superman isn't good. It's because there's none of the build up to what, why Batman versus Superman finally fight in what's it like, uh, the Dark Knight. Well, they did. They didn't make it. They well, they didn't make it. All right. They they just well, a they start out portraying Superman in the previous movies. Not the way Superman needs to be portrayed. Yeah. You can't have two grim, dark characters going against each other. That's just not interesting. Well, you you can. The issue is that, like, when you're establishing the stakes of why this thing is happening in a movie that's also still kind of serving as an origin story for this version of one of the characters, it's messy. Like, it's why, like, for better or worse, like, the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe you have to have the first Captain America movie. You have to have the Iron Man movie. You you, you mm-hmm. have to establish at least some of the cast before you say, okay, now it's a team up and now you care. Like, imagine if Avengers and then had existed see, and also here here's a here's a conflict, and this is why they would have a yeah. conflict. It's like it became very easy to understand why in Civil War, why Iron Man and Captain America would have very different perspectives. They've established that really well in the previous movies, in their standalone movies and in the you know previous Amer- Avengers. Yeah, in, in the movie. same way that comic so. books build to these big events, like it's they're not necessarily about the big crossover events all the time, but the legwork 
before the big crossover events is put down. Like, in so many ways, like, even Civil War is led to by all the preceding media for the Marvel Universe, but also Civil War is still leading to Infinity War, which then, like, it's like, yeah, no, we, we know Civil War paid off a bunch of stuff we've been writing, and that's intentional, but also then the fallout of Civil War is what's actually important for a big chunk of the road to Infinity War kind of thing. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. You have to have this schism for the added like drama of Infinity War. It's like, no, no, it's not just about Thanos at that point. It's about the fact that Thanos is showing up and you have the kind of hero factions going on and you get the added conflict of them putting aside the fact that like two of them literally beat down the guy that was in the right in one of the movies. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh yeah, I mean, not to go too much further into it, but yeah, I mean... Like, Shazam and Wonder Woman are good movies because they're about Shazam and Wonder Woman and not, like, Superman also being there. Well, they also stayed a little more with the, I'd say, with the theme of the material yeah. that they're pulling from. Yeah. Like, Shaz like, Shazam is a kid. Wonder Woman is from a very different society. Like and it plays and that's mm -hmm. the thing. Whereas they didn't place, they didn't characterize Superman at all. Martha! I won't go into that because, yeah, which I don't. I'm not going to get into that because that's too long of a rant. But anyways, tell us more, Jeff. <laughs> uh, yeah. So go see the uh, Harley Quinn show. Uh, it's also got Wanda Sykes in it, and it also has mm. one of the things that I've wanted in a lot of these things, which is swearing and gore. So, Ooh. so things like uh, Harley Quinn can tell or can tell Batman that Batman fucks bats, <laughs> which is a like running joke in the show. Like it is awesome. I Many does, but that's beyond the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Jim Gordon is like an alcoholic because his marriage is falling apart, and Batman won't connect with him emotionally. Like it's I just really want to hang out, funny. Batman. Why? No, seriously, that's exactly what he's going through. He's like. We're supposed to be partners, but I feel like, you know, you just don't listen anymore, Batman, when I'm telling you about how, when I'm making love to my wife and I look deep into her eyes and it's just vague, he's like, Jim, I really wish you'd get back to cop work. When I'm cheating on my <laughs> wife with my mistress, Batman, I need to talk about these feelings. God, no. No, you don't, Jim. <laughs> like, I, I really can't emphasize enough how much I think this is an amazing show that everyone has to go see. There's, there's actually very good reasons for to get the DC Universe subscription. It's honestly, it's like there's just a whole host of shows that are on there that are really, really. I've good. heard nothing but good things about Doom Patrol. Yep. You yeah. can also get, or as I say, you can also get it on. Uh, it they wait until the show is fully aired, but you can buy it on Amazon too. Oh, mm. oh okay. So you can get it as just a standalone. I'm waiting for them to release season two so I can watch that. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, Harley Quinn. Um, let's see. Uh, jumping into, let's see, I guess back to things about my life. Um, I have been, I'm sure many people remember me as the guy who was learning Japanese. And, uh, since I met the love of my life and she happens to have a family from Guatemala, that meant that ended. And, uh, I've been learning Spanish for a while. Cool. Uh, so, estoy tratando que aprender todos los días. So, Alex, trying. as a resident Spanish speaker, how do you do? Si. Si. <laughs> <laughs> Buenissima. Um, Muy bueno. So did so we find out Alex is like secretly Russian and not Span, not Mexican at all, or anything like that? <laughs> Three of you. Your vault. 
Lord, your Volt Lord helmet. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. So let's see. Um. I haven't had as much time to play video games as I'd like because, uh, I was playing hockey and doing stuff until COVID nineteen, mm. and then I had suddenly more time on my hands. Yeah. Um. And I've actually been playing, spending it, uh, playing StarCraft two. Which is kind of an interesting thing for me because listening to this podcast and listening to Henry and having family members from Hong Kong, I feel very, very personally opposed to giving Blizzard my money. Yeah. But I can, or since I continue yeah. to not give them money and cost them server space and they have to pay to connect to my internet, uh, I can feel better that you way. You got to take the power back by playing yep, StarCraft. Exactly. Exactly. Um, which I've actually, so getting back into that game, it's been interesting because like what I'm about to say is based on a small sample size and I don't want to be too representative of the game, but as a Zerg player, because I only play Zerg, I and like watching builds and stuff and like trying to like, when I left off with StarCraft, I was learning how to play from one of my friends who he wasn't quite master, but he was really fucking high up there and he used to like train with and practice with master level players. And he was teaching me stuff, and eventually it was one of those things that, like, StarCraft is a game that you can do different builds, and you can kind of, like, you know what, this game I don't feel like just going Roach Hydra. This game I'm going to go Mutalisks and, like, do something, like, totally wacky and different. And, like, there was, like, a variety of strategies you could do, and there was also a chess game going on with the other races that, like, okay, if they do this, do this. If they do that, do that. Like... You know, playing Mutalisks into Terran isn't exactly great because they start out with soldiers and soldiers shoot up. Like, or sorry, Marines. And having gotten back in, it is really, at least the, a lot of the Zerg strategies have homogenized just down to being Banelings. And like, I'm excited to be back, but at the same time, I don't feel like the diversity is there unless you're like acknowledging that you're doing something that's not just, like, Tier 2 jank, but, like, Tier 5 jank. Like, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, I get, like, even at the time, like, you know, Mutalist wasn't the best strategy, but it was still better than, like, it could still take games off people, like, whereas now it's very, like, there is one way to play, it is Banelings, and you can mix Zerglings or Roaches around that, but the answer is Banelings. Um, and I'm kind of sad about that, because I kind of liked that there was, like, diversity, and there was all... There's so many units and so much different tech in that game, and I just don't feel like you get to really explore it all. Um, so that was that. Um, I did a thing that uh, hopefully I'll be teaching some people how to use a particular thing, which is uh, so Goodwill opened up a website called shopgoodwill.com. Okay. And it's basically an auction house run by Goodwill. So. You can get things and you have to auction for it. So what I did is there was a particular type of guitar that I wanted, which is a, uh, it was an Ibanez Modern Player, I think it's called. How many guitars are you up to now by this count? I sold two of them when I was at nine and then I bought one. So I'm at eight. <laughs> for those who don't know, Jeff has been collecting guitars for over 15 years. <laughs> um, but it was this one type of guitar and I was able to get it for like 80 bucks because it had broken electronics. 
but I also knew that I wanted to buy the guitar and promptly throw the electronics out and put in ones that I wanted. Um, so for things like buying guitars, like, used and broken that you're, you plan on repairing, uh, there's actually kind of a good little spot that you can buy things through, through, uh, Goodwill. Um, and they'll ship it to you. So, found that, and I thought that was pretty cool and worth sharing. Um, let's see here. Um, I install, or I guess staying on guitar real quick, the guitar that I built a long time ago that some listeners may remember. I recently installed a piezo system on it, which is in the saddles of the guitar. Instead of just having the regular magnetic pickups, mine has piezo crystal pickups that are, instead of being able to like pick up magnetic vibrations, they have to physically be touching the thing that you're trying to listen to. And it gives it a totally different tone. So that connects to a little brain module in my guitar that actually simulates an acoustic guitar. So I now have a seven string that is like the greatest utility knife guitar ever because it has one pickup for heavy metal, one for jazz and funk, and it can be an acoustic guitar. So uh, that was kind of a cool thing for me. Um, Video game stuff. I've also been uh, working my way through Kingdom Hearts 3, but I haven't been dedicated enough time to it as I should. But my God, did they revamp the gummy ship system? And I am a very happy person about that because I love the gummy ships. Um, okay, so and I got- as the person whose opinion of Kingdom Hearts 3 I trust the most, and by that I mean have made fun of extensively for being a Kingdom Hearts fanboy. Tracks, tracks. Um, how does this one feel? Because I've heard a lot, like it's the, obviously as a fan you're happy you have the third one in theory it wraps up a bunch of the story, blah 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 blah, all the nice things out of the way now. I've heard a lot of bad things about this game, how much is that people being pissed off it's not better after the decade and a half it's been in production and versus kind of is it, I, I've heard stuff that's like man it's like yeah they made a game like this isn't direct sequel to Kingdom Hearts meaning like the game they started the day after Kingdom Hearts 2 came out this is that game I've also heard like maybe this is just a bad game at this point where does so, all that stuff fall so a lot of the things gameplay wise I have rarely been happier they have so Gameplay-wise, they added a ton of stuff that I think really developed and expanded the game. They added a lot more environmental interaction and uh, individual uh, enemy interaction to really give fights more of a unique experience. The one thing that I think they probably overplayed their hand a bit is probably the, um, the Disneyland theme rides thing can be a bit oppressive. I've heard they're kind of long. They're kind of long, and some of them suck. Like, the Pirates of the Caribbean boat sucks ass. Are you true from what he's talking about? No. So, there are special um, moves in the game where you summon, like, actual amusement park attractions. What? Yep. And some of them are good. Like, one of them is, like, a, basically like a bumper car laser chip thing, which that thing works fine. But some of the stuff, like, Pegasus doesn't work that well, and the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean boat doesn't work that well but what you can do is you can dismiss them immediately and what it'll do is is i think it does more damage if you use the full ride's ability and if you dismiss it immediately it does kind of like a final just burst of energy that's probably worth less damage but i just do that and it's just like okay i get a quick burst of energy and then this thing goes away um but i can understand people complaining about that the voice acting is very fucking rough because the voice actor for Sora is 
very obviously either Sora hit puberty or they just could not find a good voice actor. Um, and that could be a bit jarring and frustrating. And I mean, the storyline of the Kingdom Hearts games is to say a drunken mess is almost like too polite. As the Kingdom Hearts game, <laughs> like, you call the storyline bad and convoluted? Oh, absolutely. It's a storyline that's that's bad and convoluted that I'm personally invested oh, yeah, in. No, I, but it's bad and convoluted. I'm not There's saying no it's not hiding your, like, that. We all have our favorite bad and convoluted, but I'm <laughs> yes. it's acknowledging it's bad and convoluted that's the important part. Yes, well, that, like, that's something I imagine happens when it's like a trilogy has ends up happening over the course of like two decades. Or yes. <laughs> As a it's fan very of rare Destiny that someone, lore. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's very rare like someone like George R. R. Martin can put a whole bunch of books together that make sense for years. Mm. And I'm talking about the books because there's still hope for that. <laughs> yeah. Unlike the show. Yeah. Um, But the... Uh, whoop. You guys there? Yeah, we're here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just had a brownout. <laughs> um, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, all of a sudden all my monitors went off. Uh, hopefully that is not a repeating thing. Um, so, but yeah, the Kingdom Hearts storyline, like, Kingdom Hearts 2 ends with a guy trying to download Kingdom Hearts into data, into, like, a computer thing. And I was playing this with my friend, and I turned to him like, does this guy literally trying to fit all of an imaginary heaven kingdom onto a flash drive? And the answer to that question was yes. Like, no, Kingdom Hearts is a drunken mess. And the number of, like, characters that come back is like, I'm, no, I'm Ansem. No, I'm the evil Ansem. No, I'm Zemnis. No, I'm evil Zemnis. This, like, if, no, it's the a mess. The fact that an enemy called Zemnis needs to tell you everything you need to know about Kingdom Hearts right then and there. Yes. Kingdom Hearts has a great ability to, like, be on, like, both super, like, American and then super Japanese simultaneously, where it's, like, because <laughs> there's so many, because, like, it's all Disney, which, you know, American company using European lore to make movies and things like, you know, names like, like, even, like, Snow White and, like, Belle and, like, all of them, and then they're against, like, Xehanort. Like, <laughs> it really goes back and forth between those cultures a little uh uh jarringly um so but yes i have been enjoying kingdom hearts 3 um before i moved and i haven't had a chance to get it back out of its box i beat probably about 70% of resident evil 2's remake and uh this may come as no shock but i thought that it was really fucking good um it was really fun for me to go back and play back through uh resident evil 2 cuz um my base, my, you know, big Resident Evil fanboy and my real exposure with that game starts around or starts at four. And uh, I really can't wait for them to go back and uh, remake four in the style of seven. So which I was going to say, like, they're really still going to remake yeah. four yeah. now. Yeah. I am OK with them doing that because they're going to still have to sit there and go, this game is crazy. Because, or I guess going back to Resident Evil 7 for a second, like, one of the things I loved about that game is that they didn't lose track of the sight, or lose sight of the fact that, like, Capcom games revolve around the fact, like, oh, you need to go get three a three-headed dog statue to open this door. It's like, who has a door that requires three-headed dog statues to open? No <laughs> one owns this. It's like, who Capcom game, it? dude, li live with it. And I loved that. <laughs> yep. Well, that was the first time the franchise started calling out how ridiculous the doors were. It's like, wait, yeah, why? 
There is a uh, thing you can find in Resident Evil 7 that is a a uh, receipt complete with letter from a contractor being like, I installed this shadow-based working door for these weird hillbillies. <laughs> like, it is fantastic. Good um, old Arnold of Arnold's bizarre locking mechanisms and keys. Yes. Um, so, uh, outside of that, other games I beat is I, uh, I beat Persona 3, and I, the minute I did it, I sent a picture of the, uh, credits to Charlie, and both of us agree it is not the strongest in the franchise. (laughs) It is still good, it still scratched that Persona itch, four, or four and five will always sit better for me, and Mm. I am now sitting patiently slash angrily, Atlas, get Nocturne on the Vita. Yeah. Please, for the love of Christ, get it on there. Ugh. Or at least the PS4. I mean, they keep releasing Persona shit for the Vita. I mean, it's fucking rhythm games, but they they got a department that works with the Vita. They, they, they're there. Vita games are still being made? Are they? Sorry, yeah. that's just news to me. I, I, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I said. It's not going to happen. Like, I thought... That whole topic was closed and done, but Jeff is right. They do keep putting rhythm games on the Vita, like, and then stealth releasing them in weird ways. Yeah, so Persona 5 Dancing in Starlight is a Vita game that was released May 24th, 2018. Like, they have the capability, it's the the choice. (laughs) Mm. And choose to put Nocturne on the Vita, please. Or the PS4, or the PS5. Please, yes. Wait, didn't we figure out I could play the I could play Nocturne on the PS4 or PS3 at one point? So it's available on the PS3, and it the thing is is that or you want to get into that maddening All topic. Right. So for the PlayStation 3, there you can buy a bunch of PlayStation 2 upreses. You just buy them; they're like twenty bucks. Yeah, no, that's I, how I, I got I my hands on them. Um, that's how I got my hands on God Hand. I have that on my <laughs> PS3. <laughs> yup. Yep, <laughs> that game has aged terribly, but also amazingly. Yes, both those statements are accurate. The gameplay is great. The, the, Everything st- else that's going on is like, ooh, that is uh, insensitive. Very Japan <laughs> of the late '90s, early 2000s. Yes, well, it's it's almost like the it's like the Gundam seed of video games. Like you want to know what Japan thinks of other cultures. <laughs> Here's where you're gonna find out. <laughs> Gundam Seed or uh, what was it? G Gundam? Or is it G Gundam, the one with the tournament? G Gundam is the tournament. Why well, I'm like Seed's yes. okay. I'm like no, he's talking about G Gundam, the one where the Italian robot is piloted by a mafioso. Yes, and the American robot is a boxer with American flag short, football helmet, and guns. <laughs> yeah, let's not get into the like Mexican one. It's got a sombrero. <laughs> yes, and, a and uh, bandoliers. <laughs> did, it have, did it have the mustache or not? I actually can't remember. That's not me being insured. That's I don't like, remember. That's how bad that robot is. Yes, and if if that is uh, not going, if you can't put up with that, you will don't definitely not God be able Hand. to put up with God Hand. Yeah. Um, but what I was where I was going with this is on the PlayStation Four. You have to pay PlayStation Four for their like PlayStation Two upres service for fifteen bucks a month. 
which pisses me off because I only want some games not to continually hand you money. Hmm. So that's what. All right. Huh. So that's the answer to that thing. Long story long. Um. Let's see. Outside of that, I looked it up. Uh, Mexico Gundam did have a mustache. <laughs> glad we glad we could figure that out. <laughs> um. It was called the Tequila Gundam. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, Dios me. So, uh, basically, uh, other than that, I've been playing D&D with my friends uh, using Roll20 because <laughs> quarantine. We've been doing that, too. I know. I look forward to you releasing it greatly. I've been recording it. Oh, you haven't? Maybe we'll start recording after next session. I don't know. Okay. I, I, would, I would absolutely watch you guys do an actual play. Um... But the uh, one that we're doing, my friend, his girlfriend gave him a module for Christmas. And the module is called Hot Springs Island. And it is a non-system specific game. So, like, it'll tell you, like, this area has lizard folk. But it's up to the GM to actually, like, make lizard folk. And actually, like, stat out the creatures and whatnot. Lizard folk. Um, And... The whole thing is it's this island that's like full of riches. People get dropped on the island for a week and then the boat comes back and circles the island and you better be on one of the edges of it in a week if you want to get off. It's insanely dangerous. And I guess a little bit of spoiler is it winds up becoming very, very obvious very quickly that this was an elvish like couples getaway like sex resort. And like you find magic items on the island and apparently there's like an like a magically uh magically enchanted diamond cod piece and stuff. And like in the most recent campaign I was in, we wound up cra- or we wound up getting our boat crashed at these uh at the bathhouses and one of the places literally says like an elvish across the door orgy room. Like so Pretty magical little campaign that we're we are playing uh, a very in. different game. I am learning. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but uh, we are having fun, and it is uh, has been very very funny. Um, so did that. Um, do 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 do. Um, going in. So one of the things that I have been doing as well is uh, I've been listening to a lot of No Dogs in Space, which for those who are not aware is the History of Punk Rock, and I'm assuming eventually Rock in General podcast, run by uh, Marcus Parks from the last podcast on the left. And uh, that has given gotten me to be getting back into uh, making and being into, like, crazy and wild music. And uh, that has sent me down my, like, crazy Japanese metal paths yet again. Uh, so I figured I'd pass along. I have uh, encountered new are two new uh, metal bands, uh, one called Unlucky Morpheus and one called, I think it's Yosue Tiekaku. Um, their song is called Astral Dogma, so that makes them easier to find. And at the very least, definitely Yosue Tiekaku, trying again. They're almost like Japanese symphonic metal mixed with like cyberpunk vampire visuals. Um, yeah, I looked them up on my phone real quick. There is a, what I can only describe as like the Doom guy with long flowing hair and cybernetic angel wings wearing like the shirt from a schoolboy uniform. 
<laughs> that mm-hmm. sounds amazing. Uh, it's yeah. Uh, it's th- this is this is some art. <laughs> some visual K at its finest. Um, that and also I've been listening to a ton of the Gazette, which is another visual K band, but. I used to listen to a ton of them, and then I wound up finding out that they've been releasing a shit ton of albums while I wasn't paying attention, and their music's really great. So if you're into crazy and wild music and recommendations from me, then uh, I suggest looking up any of those things. Um, also, this year was going to be Jeff's year of the concert. I had tickets to go see... Uh, one of my friends invited me to go see All That Remains with him, and uh, I wasn't going to let him go by himself. I had You're tickets a good to go friend see... going to an All That Remains show. Yes. I had tickets to go see Godsmack with... Um... Oh. What fucking year is it? Yeah. I know. Well, they were going to be with Mud Honey, Hailstorm, and uh, Theory of a Dead Man. Oh, God, so, that's yes. the angsiest what show I've heard in a long it? time. Wow. I know. I was very excited for that. Wow. And then the one that I'm actually the most upset about is... Uh, this musician named Juanes, which Alex might know because he's a yes. uh, Colombian singer. Yep. And uh, because I've been learning Spanish, I've been listening to a ton of Spanish music. I listen to an unabashedly large amount of Shakira. Um, but Shakira's so Juanes, <laughs> she is, uh, especially in Spanish. Um, but so I was listening. I've been listening to Juanes, and he is he was coming to Rhode Island, so I immediately went and got tickets. Uh, to take me and my girlfriend, because she likes him too. And if I haven't said it yet, all of the concerts I have discussed so far have all been canceled by COVID. <laughs> um, and I literally like already had purchased tickets. Like I'm just on the refund train right now. And I was going to go see Juanes, and they canceled the show. And then he was going to do, uh, so the program that I used to track bands messaged me. It was like, hey, Juanes is going to be part of a live stream. And I'm like, oh, cool. Maybe this will be like the Dropkick Murphy show that me and Charlie both watched. That was fantastic. And it turned out he only played like one song in the middle of like a three hour long thing. Jesus. (laughs) And it was just like a million other artists. And I was just like, Mm. so upset by this. It was the um the one that Amazon I think was either associated with or put on oh, that yeah, was hosted by Matthew McConaughey. Festival and I just didn't. Yeah, I don't want to sit here and say that they're in the wrong because they're not. They put on a great show for a good reason, and I'm just upset that the artist that I cared about only played one song. <laughs> this was fine, but it lacked the parts I cared about. Yes, and now I'm going to tell a quick little story about Juanes. So. Uh, Juanes was originally in a band called Echimosis, which for those who don't know is the Greek word for bruise. And also it's the, uh, American or it's the, uh, medical word. And he was originally basically in this like weird Spanish Metallica ripoff band that wasn't, or Echimosis wasn't good. I was really hoping it would be, it wasn't. And now he's just kind of like a super like upbeat, like, uh, singer and like i tell my girlfriend the more spanish i learn the more i realize just how cheesy he is um but he's still a metalhead so live you can find this it, i think he played it at uh Lollapalooza in rio he played all of seek and Des- the song seek and destroy in full in english to a non-english speaking crowd awesome 
And the thing about this, I show this to my girlfriend's sister and my girlfriend, because obviously our, their family's natively Guatemalan, so they're both, you know, perfect singer or perfect singers, perfect speakers. And listening to this Colombian man imitate a Texas accent, because James Hetfield is from Texas, is so weird because I've heard Juana sing in English, and this very particular one, it's just so not quite. Right. I'm going to go check this out. Really this interesting. Sounds amazing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But it, he, the musicianship is out of this world. His, like, he can fucking play and his uh, friend can play. So I'd also be interested to hear Alex's take on the uh, Colombian Texan. <laughs> uh, I, I have to listen to it. I haven't listened to it before, but yes. I'll comment at this time. <laughs> yes. No, agreed. We'll check back in um, next week. Yes. Uh, so basically all of that and um basically that gets you up to speed with me other than that it's just watching finishing up the uh the witcher tiger king and uh parasite so i'm cool and hip and uh up to date with the new references the kids are making these days yeah yeah so i think that actually takes us to news what the news Aren't there ever like another you round? Make my of the soul dudes? happy, Alex. I'm changing it up. It's a 200th episode. Dear God, I'm I like allowed, some consistency allowed, in my podcast. I'm allowed to reinvent <laughs> the wheel here. <laughs> All right, that's fair. We could use that as a as a good transition point, as any, I suppose. Um, speaking of reinventing the wheel, Fortnite, that game that was famously not on Google Play on the phone, now on Google Play. But like passive aggressively on Google Play. Oh yeah, in the best way. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Explain. So for a while, Fortnite, you know that ca- that game that's for babies and totally not as cool as that hardcore game PUBG for men and people with, ch- mm. ha- with hair and whatever. I don't know. I, this joke's gotten away from me. <laughs> it was available on mobile phones as like a downloadable and then executable app from Epic directly, kind of thing, which I thought was kind of cool, but also made getting that thing onto your phone a fucking nightmare a little bit if you're not used to doing such things. I, it put it into the weird company of to get the Pornhub app on your phone, you had to, it was easier than getting the Fortnite app on your phone. Well, I mean, of course, you just go on Pornhub and you click on the banner. They're advertising it all the time. Yes, I, Fortnite doesn't have banners. I, yes, that was the joke, Jeff. Thank you for ruining the joke. But, uh, hey. It's gotta be someone fair, <laughs> but yes, Fortnite has finally moved to Google Play, and th- their press release for it could not read more as "fine, we did it. We don't like it. We have a lot of reasons we don't like it, but fine, and it's amazing." <laughs> yeah, and guess who decided to call it out? Hmm. Epic, because of uh, Google Play's mandatory thirty percent cut. And so, uh, yeah, so Tim Sweeney, of course, had something to say about that, because, of course, the whole thing has to be passive-aggressive. Yeah. That's a big fucking cut. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's worth reading in the end. If if you like game devs being a little maybe too honest about the situation of things, or, like, reading the ramblings of a man who, like, just seems fed up with a lot of stuff all of a sudden, go track this down. It's great reading. It could not read, like, 
I've never read something that like you could feel the eye rolls perpetually happening <laughs> while writing this as hard, like, in, in recent memory kind of thing. Like I've read it before. This was just like period eye roll. Next sentence eye roll. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, things that never change. There will not be a uh, WWE 2K20. COVID has claimed a champion of the video game game industry, specifically the meme part of the video game industry after last year's clusterfuck. What will that guy from, uh, what's it called? What will that guy from uh, when Alex went to uh, Extra Life, or when Alex did that Extra Life with those four guys who were doing the uh, videos. I don't think he's using the, the current characters. 2K. I, I think he's using, like, a good one from a couple years ago. Yeah, before oh. the current dev took over, yeah. which they've just... It's been laughable. Mm-hmm. <sighs> they need to hire somebody who knows how to do animations. Like, seriously, because it's just just mapping out animations and how things should map to different it's a science of itself. I'll just say that. Yeah. But anyways. Yep. Uh, we got some GameStop news, because we can't have a 200 episode without GameStop just doing something that makes us go, really? Thank you, base GameStop. Yeah. So GameStop is preparing to uh, open up some stores. They're not pulling the essential whatever card. They're just going to open, it seems. Well, they're going to go and open in those, you know, the idiot states that are like, oh, we don't need to shut down. They're just going to open up there. So that that's, I think that's literally what they're going to do. Yeah, so before you wow. get on your high horse being like, look how edgy GameStop's being, they're not. They're taking that was little... not my first thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, they, they are just kind of, the fact this is news is more the fact that like, GameStop fought this as hard as they could, and yeah. they now consider themselves as important to act. I can't believe I'm about to say this. Like, GameStop thinks they're as important as a barber shop. Mm-hmm. Both of these things are not important, but like, even one of these is yeah. significantly less important than the other somehow. Yeah. This GameStop is online retail. Like, that's the most baffling part of all of this to me. <laughs> But they said they've already started to reopen closed stores in South Carolina and Georgia. That's, I mean, that, so they are doing that. They, I didn't they see are, it in the article. Have they confirmed if they're doing trade-ins yet again? Well, I mean, but they're basically, yeah, they're already, but it's in two states that don't have lockdown orders. Well, I, Go well yeah, they, they thought they ended the uh, trade-in stuff earlier than they got forced to close. So I'm curious if that's open again. I have no idea. Yeah. I, it doesn't say anything about that in here. Yeah, but it just does say that, yeah, in states that haven't done lockdown orders, they're like, oh, yeah, we can reopen there. Because that's an awesome idea. Mm. Oh, yeah, fucking brilliant. Finally, people that awkwardly stand in GameStops have a place to go to again. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, 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 no, I just have no more to say on that. Yep. Uh, let's give you a fun fluff story to keep you going through all of this. Uh, it's not. I, has anyone here ever bought a bootleg PS uh, bootleg video game controller by accident before? I'm not talking like a Mad Cat's third party. I'm talking like you you, you went to the Amazon.com and bought like from a maybe not so perfect uh, reputable seller a bad controller. 
No, I've bought, bought them on purpose. When, when I when I go for an actual knockoff, I know what I'm getting. I have I have, no, I buy knockoffs on purpose because I know exactly what I'm trying to buy. I mean, that's that because I mean I am a I'm not the most careful consumer, but I'm also not on the other end of the scale of like completely dense. But anyway, please continue. Well, so uh, former White House press secretary. Ari Fleischer, he's not Fleischer. game dev, so how the fuck do I care about if I pronounce his last name? Apparently bought a, uh, a unbelievably bootleg PS4 controller. Like, oh god, th- the pictures of this thing make me kind of want this thing. <laughs> like, they're, they're, it's, instead of having a triangle, a circle, an X button, or an L, or a sorry, a square button, it has an L, a half a, a half a triangle. Two thirds of a circle and an X, but it's missing one of the uh, legs, and the center has no fill on it, so it's like a T at a slant. It looks button. like somebody like wore down a controller, then but very specifically. It's also on, got like the one P side of the button, button on it, which I love. Oh yeah, it just it, letter P number four. Yeah, uh, it's... it's instead of like saying Sony or whatever you know, or not Sony, but. I forget what it actually has on it. But in any case, no. Just from the pictures. And apparently from the long description on Amazon also said, this is a bootleg. But yeah, let's continue. I, but yeah, so it, there's lots of indications that the moment you unpacked this thing, you should have looked at it and gone, I should not put this into a video game console. But apparently the guy did. Try to turn it on. Didn't work. That's the end of the story, but then he chose to oh, get on it... Twitter and make a big deal out of it and make it political. Did it actually not work? I apparently it quote never worked. Oh, okay. But yeah, alright. But yeah. So yeah, you bought a junk controller because you weren't willing to you know, even though you were obviously a pretty rich man, you weren't willing to shell out an extra fifteen bucks on a real deal. I just love the fact that there's an L button on this. Uh, it's yeah, like, and it's one of those ones where the one takeaway... Two, two L buttons. Two L buttons. I, I count the hat part triangle as also as a messed up You're, you're right, but it's not as L as the square button gets turned into. <laughs> like, I kind of want to go and, like, take a Sharpie to my PS4 controller and make it the L button. Because I, like... like Sony should honestly consider, like, putting out a real controller that has these fucked up faceplates on it. Because I would buy one just to be like, I got an L button now. It's so ob- I mean, there were pictures on the site he bought it from, on the ad he bought it from. And also, there was a lengthy description saying, this is not an official controller. Yeah. This is super mm. not an official controller. And plus it costs only like 20 bucks. Yeah, or something. Like, it's, like, it's the... If this was on, like, the Coney Amazon webpage, I'd be more sympathetic, because that's a mistake old people can make, but, like, no. No, and also, it's like, you're not gonna get a controller, you're not gonna get a PS4 controller, not a decent- Mad Cats isn't even selling a PS4 controller for Mad 24 Mad Cats bucks. costs more than this piece of shit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you cheapskate, that's what you get. Maybe you should have shelled out the extra 15 bucks or so and gotten a Mad Cats. I mean, <laughs> What a world hell. we live in where we're like, man, too cheap for a Mad Cats, motherfucker. You didn't even get a turbo button on that. All you got was the L times two. Yeah. Oh, he definitely got the fucking L by getting a fucking bootleg controller. But... <laughs> 
I kind of want to go track this thing down and buy one. It's 20 bucks yeah. and sell button. I mean, oh, yeah. it doesn't work. You might as well just stick it on a trophy and hot, or a hot glue gun to the top of a trophy. It works as well oh, as yeah. my Stadia controller does. <laughs> Arguably, it does what I want it to do, which is sit there and collect dust. It does do that successfully. It does. That's your cheap shot at Stadia of the day from Charlie, apparently. Yeah. Take it while it's down. Yeah. Where to go next from this? Ah. Speaking of cheap shots and guaranteed laughs, Fallout 76 news! Yeah! <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving shit. So, uh, yeah. As you may have noticed of this podcast, we like to punch down, but only when things deserve it. Like when you have NPCs looting player corpses in Fallout 76. <laughs> what in the fuck? For reference, we're punching down onto the NPCs that are looting player corpses. <gasps> yeah, it's so good. I mean, of course, they finally put in the thing that would actually turn it into a Fallout game, and they are insane. They are immeasurably insane. So, well done! How did... I don't know how I would feel if I got robbed by a fucking computer character. Well, so, and, like, it's not like they're just running over and doing the animation of looting you. No, no. They are picking your corpse clean of shit. And then, apparently, also using it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they aren't, they aren't too dumb not to use it. No, they're smart enough to both pick your corpse clean and then use it against you the next time they see you. How is this a bug? Like, how are they calling it a bug? I'm kind of with you on this one, in all honesty. This is not a bug. That sounds like a fucking feature. That's hilarious. Well, this is on NPCs that are supposed to be friendly to yeah, you. Yeah, these aren't hostile this... NPCs. These are NPCs that roll up and go, that's a pretty nice gear you got there on that corpse. Yoink! Essentially, they're yeah. playing ca player characters at that point. Yep. Because, yeah, this is on NPCs that actually are playing alongside you, like are supposed to be fighting alongside you and follow you into combat. No, if you die, they take your stuff and then use it just to, just to be like, ah, look at what I have. And remember, oh. you, you can't kill NPCs. <laughs> Maybe so you can't a copy of uh, Fallout. <laughs> but yeah, not, not, not in 76. You cannot, not even, mm -hmm. as we established, not even the nuclear bomb in the game will kill NPCs. So, yep, good luck getting that gear back. But as we all must remember, war, war never changes. The NPCs just start looting your corpse. <laughs> Never change so, Fallout 76. One step forward, four steps back that are hilarious. Uh, I like to picture like, every single time it does something cool, we're like, okay, cool. And then it like falls backwards into the same dumpster into the fire, like reignites. Like, okay, the dumpster's out. We've rescued Fallout 76. It's like, thank you, fireman. Oh, God, no. <laughs> What next? Uh, Microsoft and Codemasters are pulling their games from the GeForce Now, continuing the trend of we don't want our games on the GeForce Now. Again, we're not saying these don't make sense. We just don't like these changes. But So as a result of this, uh, Halo, Gears of War, Dirt, Mortal Kombat, and Batman Arkham series are no longer available to be streamed via the thing accessing your Steam account remotely kind of thing. Like it's. It took me a sec to figure out how Xbox had games on this because I'm like, oh yeah, two of those games are on Steam now. No, they, they uh, well, it's like they rebranded their studios Xbox 
game studios yeah. instead of Microsoft. Well, yeah, so, I, I couldn't remember how. It's like, I'm like, what fucking Xbox games were on Steam? Oh, right. Gears. Well, it's just not necessarily Xbox games. It's just they yeah, sorry, rebranded Microsoft. their overall Microsoft Studio yeah, as Xbox Studios. So that's caused some yeah confusion. Is They just still make PC games. Yeah. Yeah, it's more, but most of the time it's constrained to their store. That's what I was getting at. Kind of like how yeah. the PC version of Fantasy Star, I believe, is going to be a PC exclusive. Or it's going to be a Microsoft Store exclusive. Yeah. That's a trend I'd like to see die sometime soon. And totally opposite news to that, though, uh, Fortnite's Travis Scott's vis- uh, virtual consoles sorry, not consoles, concerts attracted 12.3 million concurrent players which now i mean we're making fun of it and we'll still make fun of it but it's now ridiculous. it makes a whole lot but now it makes a whole lot more sense right now to have virtual concerts yeah i mean so that doesn't surprise me at all just saying uh, yeah, yeah. It, I, I, now it's like wow that makes a super sense like super super sense i mm. saw someone comparing actually what fortnite has been up to lately to Ready Player One game, and mm. through that lens, it's actually kind of cool. Like, don't get me wrong, I will always make fun of, yo, I went to this concert inside of Fortnite because that sentence is ridiculous and I'm sad mm-hmm. we still haven't gotten a metal band to play in Fortnite yet. I know Corn yeah. played something else, but fuck off, Corn. Corn <laughs> played a... I forget. What did they play We in? talked about it. It doesn't matter. It's we Korn. didn't talk about it, yeah. Corn was an opener to Romstein the time last time I saw Romstein, which is all I ever needed to know about Corn. I'm like, ah, this makes sense. They were the. F- oh, I'm hoping Romstein get, doesn't get canceled in September. Yeah, that sucks. Mm. Yep. Their newest album is great. I agree to disagree on that one, but. Uh, I'd like you guys to know that in-game concerts were done a long time ago, way before Fortnite, in the Matrix Online, baby. I'm sorry, they, Alex, we're talking about successful games. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're barring elements from a quote-unquote failed game, which means you're fishing, you're whack. Epic badge, Steam Good. No, no, people actually showed up for this concert. People showed up for the Matrix Online concert. I can throw concert. a party, but it's not a party if people don't show up, Alex. <laughs> it's been done! Has it? Pioneers ahead of their fucking time. Did the Matrix Online even actually exist? Yes, it did. Are you sure? Yes, it did. I had to bring it back up once. I mean, there's while four we have of us, Jeff and here. we're all pretty big video game players, and Definitely none of us know it exists. Right there, Alex. <laughs> huh? Yeah. And I think they had a metal band actually play. So, Matrix Online, metal band, in-game concert. You're welcome, Charlie. Thank you for... You're welcome for the Matrix Online service. Nah. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for coming back. Uh, so, to transition, we're still talking about Romstein because he's a European connection, but I don't have that luxury anymore. Uh, Dice Europe has delayed to 2021, meaning this year's thing has most likely been canceled. I think we can just assume everything's going to be fucking canceled this year at this point. Uh, like, it, it feels like a we'll safe assumption. Joke, 2020's canceled. Digital. What I'm surprised is like how some of these places are like holding on. Like, uh, maybe we got this. And so some were like, I can nope, explain that. Uh huh. So uh, for my wedding, I bought something called wedding insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you, every event ever buys this. Basically, it's you have to... The event has to be happening, and then due to circumstances outside of your control, it has to be forced to be canceled, or else the insurance doesn't proc. Okay. My wedding insurance procced where, like, if certain vendors just didn't show up, only then I got the money kind of thing. Like, it it doesn't insure you for, like, hey, it rained and we canceled the wedding because of that. It, it insures you for catastrophic stuff. So... Things like this, they have to act like they're happening until the city or whoever has the power to cancel it says, nah, or they're out all of the money they'd have for the, uh, they'd, they'd have to make that event ascent. Like financially, they have to be actively canceled by an outside force for that to happen. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not everything, but for a lot of things like that, you have to be actively canceled by something outside of yourself to get the insurance money you've put down on that to happen so you can hypothetically have next year's event. Like, the Comic-Con one was probably such a holdout because I suspect that they're, given that how intertwined they are with the city of San Diego and stuff, that, like, it yeah. took San Diego saying, no, you're not fucking doing this, for that insurance to kick in. Mm. And the city of San Diego was probably a little remiss to do that because it makes up a sizable chunk of that city's tourist dollars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just pulling back the screen on dark things about how entertainment industry works. Mm -hmm. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But, like, I, I mean, like, you had places like Anime Expo in L.A. that was yeah. literally holding out until, like, maybe, what, last week? Well, and they pro and again, like, it's probably one of those ones where you wind up in a game of chicken where the city doesn't want to have to say Anime Expo is, t is canceled. Like, Human yep. decency should cancel that, but I'm willing to bet Anime Expo's insurance is like, yo, you have to get canceled by the city. Mm. And it's not like you can call the city of Los Angeles and be like, hi, it's Anime Expo. I want to close because of COVID. Well, that just don't happen this year. Yeah, I need you to, I can't do that or I don't get paid. So you need me to help you commit insurance fraud, essentially. Oh no, cancel me for real. Take the bad press from like the nine people that will care about that, and then I get my insurance money. Wait, what? Here's the other problem too. If my wedding insurance had kicked in, I'd have made more money than my wedding was worth. Often, mm. the insurance policies are for more money than the event is actually going to cost because that's how these types of things work. So there's a kind of game of you have to be like for reals canceled or for reals kicking in. Or the insurance company goes, we don't want to give you this money because technically you haven't lost any money yet, mm, yeah. and we don't you to, and we don't want you to make money for nothing. Gotcha. Yeah, it's a whole kind of weird game of chicken that like, and the city doesn't want to do it because like it's the city going around being like, anime fans, you're out. Comic fans, you're out. E three people, you get to go die in hell now too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird gap balancing thing of PR. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's Anime Expo was supposed to happen relatively soon. Yeah, it? July. Okay. Mm -hmm. Happens July fourth, which every fucking year baffles me. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. not a good day to have that on. It's an amazing day to have it on. Apparently, like it's it really proves that. Like, so I also have the same mindset, Jeff, but also I didn't grow up on the East Coast. The West Coast does not give up. 
fuck about the Fourth of July. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You'll you'll hear some fireworks, and they do do. There is a show. I mean, the show down in the in the around, you know, in the park around in the area around downtown L.A. is actually really good. I've been to it twice now. To put this one in perspective, me and Jeff are used to a land where like police enforced road closures happen. Yeah. Um, They like, but but they they do that. You're telling me like, yeah, there's one down at the park, and it'll like just or. For me, it's like, do you want to go to the ones in this town, the one next to it, or the town over from it? Like, every town has fireworks. Some of them have multiple, and some private citizens hold firework displays that are just as powerful and extensive. And, like, I have seen 10 grand displays just that people decide to put on in their, like... Backyard. Yeah. Yeah, Usually it's people who have lake houses, and they'll do it over a lake. But, like, still, like... They're taking on the goddamn uh, fire department. Yeah, and, and, and what we're talking about, Henry, isn't like parades and stuff. Like, growing up, you could not enter into a third of one of the towns I lived in because it was used to sneak into a bunch of other stuff, and the police, like, you had to like present ID and proof of residence to get past a certain point. Hmm. Yeah, they, but yeah, for the size of L.A., there's like only about... Three around the greater LA yeah. area that are that are official, though the one downtown is very massive. Oh, yeah, it's it, it. I'm not saying it's not shows or something like that, but like it's the. I, I me and Jeff grew up in a land where like Fourth of July shuts down the entire fucking area, and yeah, it's not that here. Like the the idea of having an anime expo, I'm like, why? And I'm like, oh no, I, I get why. You can drive here. Mm. Like public transit yep. still runs here on Fourth of July. It's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Jeff is sitting there going like, "But why would public transit on Fourth of July? It couldn't go anywhere." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess not partaking in the uh, Revolutionary War gives you a very different perspective. Yeah, that, that's that's <laughs> what I rack it up to every year. <laughs> yeah, not having every high school's mascot be the Minutemen. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got Jeff here, so let's talk about some Riot for a second. By Riot, I mean Riot Games. Mm. Specifically, Valorant, which we talked about some last week, and their kind of bizarre idea for always on administrative access Key level. drop bullshit, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, you're talking about their VAC ban from hell. Yeah. Shit. Yep. Or VAC system. Yep. Mm. Well, so, and I think we talked about this previously, kind of that, like, the, the way to get a beta key was weird and seemed kind of toxic, and... Yeah, sure enough, it turns out that uh, key thing seemed real weird and real toxic and got real out of control real quick, where if you have any type of Valorant content you can stream on Twitch, you can just fucking spoof numbers in amazing ways. So, oh, it, yeah. It, the, the problem isn't the spoofing part, it's the VOD thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what becomes the issue. And actually, I talked about that briefly last week. But I guess now it's picking up a lot more traction. Let's expand on it now some too. Like it, it, it's become one of the it's it, it's grown from kind of a peripheral thing to a real problem now. So I guess just to kind of go over it. Um, so what happens is Riot and Twitch have teamed up in a way where in order for you to unlock a beta key, you have to actively be watching a channel of someone who's streaming said game. So if let's say I'm streaming Valorant, right? And Charlie wants a key. Charlie would tune into my Twitch channel 
And over time, the system will give a random key out to a viewer, not everyone, but just a random viewer, and they get access to uh, Valorant. But the problem, I mean, it's, it's an interesting system, and it's a good it's, way to gain views. On paper, it's a cool idea. Yeah, on paper, it's a cool system. In practice, though, it's really fucking shitty, especially if you're not a big streamer, because what they're doing is you have these big streamers who are running 24-7 streams where they only stream for, let's say, four hours a day, correct? Let's just say, let's say four hours. Let's say it's on the low side of things. Yeah. Things. What they would do at that point is run VODs uh, of them playing Valorant before on a mm-hmm. loop. Yep. And the thing is, though, they, people are still going to be watching, so it's, it's a VOD. There's no user interaction with the people who are there on Twitch. Um, and on top of that, they're still making money off of ads from literally just playing a VOD and walking away. Which yep. is kind of defeats the purpose of watching a live stream. of And explain what a VOD is. So VOD is a video on demand. So it's kind of like a YouTube video, if you will. Yeah, so let's it's, say a, it's a cached video inside of Twitch. For those who don't know the back end of it, you can schedule it to rebroadcast stuff. Like, I've been uploading uh, the Until Dawn stuff I did, so it kind of runs when I'm not streaming onto my channel. Yeah. So these people are just running VODs. So essentially, they're still making ad money because of people who jump on to watch them. Uh, people are potentially following and subscribing to their channel, even though it's a VOD. And the problem yep. is, the big names who are already established can literally AFK, walk away, and still make money doing this, while people who, let's say, let's say Charlie got a key, and Charlie wants to stream and kind of build up some of his audience and all that stuff, he can't playing Valorant. It's not going to work. Oh no, because... fuck that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make a VOD and run that on loop. Yeah. And so you essentially have these goat or these zombie streams, if you will, of just bods playing in fucking games. And it's gotten so bad to the point where people will log on to the chat and be like, is this a live play or a VOD? And when it, you're talking about Twitch, a live streaming platform, you shouldn't have to fucking ask if it's live. Yeah. See, the thing is, and there's a, and the, what that's happening here is there is actually a, a replay function in Twitch. They're not using that. They are manually setting a loop, so it looks like they are properly live. They're live yeah. streaming a video. Yeah. They're live, but they're live streaming a video Re- instead of using the built-in functionality for doing replays, because that is a, that is a functionality of Twitch. But they aren't doing that so that they can get these proper views, these live views. Yeah, they're basically just playing a video off their desktop and then showing it, right? That's a, that's a, that's the crux yes. of it. Essentially, essentially yeah. what's going on here. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And then they have a you know a bot system set up, which it's not difficult to run commercials every so often. Yeah. Which there, yeah, the the scripting interface for interfacing with the uh, Twitch API is pretty easy. Like if you wanted to write your own bot and you know anything about programming, you could. Yeah. I assume there's a bot for that already out there, so, yeah. But yep. Uh, oh, no, I've uh, thought about, like, I've, I've joked about tagging my videos as Valorant just to see if it, like, works around that system at that point. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's a mess. And yeah. on top of that, so that would be a whole problem unto itself. But on top of that, like, that whole really bad VAC system we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. They're offering a $100,000 bounty if you can find bugs in it, which means 
someone finally realized, oh shit, if this thing goes sideways, it goes really sideways. Like, we're talking somebody just using, you know, just like I mentioned last time, last week, somebody just takes over a computer and takes all of your information and just, like, records when you type in your, uh, you know, your credit card, credit cards into the system yeah. and, you know, t- records those keystrokes because that's all it takes. Keystro- keystroke recorder, those are really easy to install maliciously on a system if you have administrator control. And can and basically make it a hidden a a hidden uh, or at least a, not necessarily hidden but spoofed thing happening on your system. So yeah, but yeah. So yep, they're realizing yeah, this was a terrible idea. But instead of yanking it, they're just like, find the bugs, please. Do our work for us, please, because this hundred thousand dollar bounty. It's a lot cheaper than what we'd have to pay out in lawsuits if somebody got all got their identity yeah. stolen. The high potential of it going sideways is bad. Yeah, I mean, I want to play this game, but this is like unredeemable problem. It's um, yeah. yeah, and and let's just say more sophisticated software has been hacked. So yeah, just saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, people have hacked, you know antivirus software so yeah valorant or yeah riot bad fucking idea yep nope terrible goddamn idea oh yeah and you know the only reason that they have it running all the time is really so that they can record your other behaviors and sell that as data because Mm -hmm. that's what sells get people's behaviors for marketing you know what you're buying what you're selling yep what you check on Yep. Yay! Yeah. Speaking of... Yeah, I don't have a transition for that. Call of Duty's gonna start matchmaking cheaters together. Which is amazing. Which I love. Yeah, Bad Bear Island. I love when they do that. Yeah. That's so I think this should be how every game does this personally, but... Yeah. If you're mean and rude and a dick, you should play with other people who are mean, rude, and a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We didn't talk about it like... It kind of flew through my radar a couple weeks ago, or last week, I don't remember anymore. But, like, it is so bad that one of the like, super awesome features of the P- of the console and the PC version of the current Call of Duty is it did have cross-play between the two different all-platforms kind of thing. Like, you could play PC people so long as they were mm-hmm. using a mouse and keyboard or con- controller, respectively. And people were going in and turning that deliberately off to avoid playing with PC people because of the cheating situation. Mm-hmm. Next up, a bunch of Nintendo IDs got hacked. Over mm. 160,000 Nintendo accounts got hacked. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's why I kind of have two-factor authentication on a majority of the accounts that I own, period. Really what you should be learning is do two-factor authentication on everything. I know it's annoying, but just do it from now on. And don't use your email. Use your phone. Yep. I do that, yeah. Because, I mean, of course, they have backups. If you, let's say, you misplace your phone or something happens to your phone, you break your phone, then it can say back up to your email, and then you can just check your email yeah. to factor it. But it's still better than not at all because let's just say I have 
literally been watched multiple times when people have tried been obviously been trying to get into my account because it tells me every time somebody tries to log in, I'll get a random thing on my phone. It's like, nope, that's not me. Nope, that's not me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a pain, but yeah, consider two-factor authentication for everything that offers it. Yeah. Yep. But we're not going to go to emails on such a down note. We're going to go on a high note. Uh, GD, uh, Games Done Quick, the one we mentioned last week, the uh, Games Done Quick for Relief or whatever it was called, raised over $400,000 for relief funds. Over a weekend. Over a weekend. For a semi-impromptu that's, event. Damn. And that's for directly relief. That was for direct relief. That's the charity that they were doing it with. Yeah. And it is for direct relief. So yeah, uh, great job. And thanks to all the people that, you know, gave their time. Very generous. Um, one of the, I'll just mention one of the standouts of that was somebody played Pump It Up, the dance, the Korean version of the, you know, like the Dance Dance Revolution with the, you know, he played at the highest level possible for an hour while also do, running commentary on himself while doing it. It's Damn. one of the most amazing things I've ever seen because even with the way he was doing it to try to minimize kind of how much he was, you know, how much energy he had to put out, that's an extremely difficult game. And he was playing it at the very highest level for an hour straight. It's ridiculous. If you can catch any of it, just catch a few minutes of it. You don't have to watch a whole hour to be impressed. Mm. Watch a few minutes of it and then realize he did this for an hour. But yeah, just saying. That was one of the standouts for me. Yeah. Damn. We promised you numbers last week. We got numbers for you this week. But that means it's time for Listener Mail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Jeff. you wanted to contact us, how would you go about doing that? Oh, that's easy. I had some time to put some thought into this because Charlie called me out two episodes ago. Yay! Um, so the simple... I mean, this has got to be one of the easiest things I've suggested so far is step one is you need to open up a authentic Mexican eatery in Portland. Like, we have to finally send a lifeline to Alex so he can get a good goddamn burrito up in that shit hole of a town, that barren wasteland of spicy food. Yeah. And once you have established this uh, delicatessen eatery, um, you're going to have to, uh, basically what you can do is you can, when Alex comes in weekly for his, uh, burrito fix, you will write your letter basically on the, uh, tinfoil wrapping for it. And then that will definitely make its way to this podcast or more simply, you can reach us at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. What's that email again, Henry? That's wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Wickedawesomecast at gmail.com spells it sounds down the show notes, etc. etc. Raw. A bunch of you have been using it the last couple of weeks, so thank you so much for writing in. Uh, hey, there's no specific the order to this. That's something I'll bounce around some, so some will be out of order, some will be in the order we have received them. But I'm going to go with the first email we got as part of this kind of holding I was doing of all of this. And it simply reads. Did anyone ever get Quidditch World Cup to work? I remember this being a topic of conversation for a while, but don't think there was ever a conclusion. 
Uh, I definitely have a functioning copy of Quidditch World Cup and a functioning PlayStation 2 to match it. I tracked down mm. the PC version of it and put started putting the legwork into getting that like retro thing to work, but then I heard rumors it was coming to GOG and stopped working on it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've still got my save file. I can go back to uh, play or playing as Team America versus the world because that's the team I played. I remember it was uh, something green and... I think Jeremy Fandelay were the players. The fact you remember this weird sports game from a book, from a movie, from a book is ridiculous. <laughs> I remember it very well, and it was a very good game. Yeah. It was better than I had any right to be, and I played a lot more of it than I probably admit. <laughs> it's, the <laughs> most, it's the most you've ever played of a sporting game. Um, I played a lot of goddamn um, freak style. Um, the dirt bike game, and I've played metric fuck ton of Tony Hawk. I'm trying to think of those are just Tony Hawk games. Like it's like are they sports games? No, they're Tony Hawk games. They're their own genre. Fair. So, really quick. I mean, we're being real about... vague with what defines a sport because yeah. we're currently allowing fantasy magic sports into so, the <laughs> sport world. So, did anybody here get a chance to try Broomstick League while that was out? The fuck is was... Broomstick League? You mean the like the real life thing? No, no, no. So the Quidditch World Cup is the game that came out that was officially licensed by Harry Potter, right? Those things? Yep. So on Steam, somebody took a kind of the similar mechanics to Rocket League and was making a game called Broomstick League. Unfortunately, it got shut down, but it was on Steam for some time. It was a real thing. Huh. So when you said Quidditch World Cup, I'm like, oh, you mean Broomstick League? Uh, dude, 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 dude. There is something called Broomstick League that put out an announcement trailer for the PS4 a month ago. There is Broomstick League gameplay from February 7th of this year. Yes. It's not on Steam, though, because I just no, went to the shut Steam down. page and it's they got shut just down. an error. Yeah, they got super shut down. But so yes, what's weird about this, this, this is... Yeah, it's, it's weird to say this. It looks like regular like the Harry Potter Quidditch World Cup game except super watered down like it's yeah. only got one goal instead of three and it doesn't have like the beaters and all the other things that were going on like I think this thing is I'm still kind of alive obs- no it's not they shut down I'm the kind of upset it's how a, much watered down, down this is yeah Here, this was on April 9th I uh, want to let everyone know that on Friday, April 3rd, 2020, we removed Broomstick League from Steam and turned off our servers. Unfortunately, we aren't able to go into much detail about the reasons why, but know that we Cease are incredibly assist. grateful. Right. To help us I'm watching an announcement trailer on the official PlayStation YouTube channel from a month ago. Okay. And this looks like better looking game footage. I don't even know if this is that much prettier than the original. <laughs> But yeah, yes. that's like what you it guys probably said. Probably is that I'm refer- or I'm remembering it a little bit too fondly. But that's like... why when you said, "Oh yeah, we're playing Quidditch World Cup," I'm like, "Isn't it called Broomstick League?" No, but no, I guess there was another game made by EA. Oh, yeah, no, it's the Quidditch World Cup game is genuinely good. Yeah, like significantly better than it's any right to be. Mm-hmm. I take back my comments about the graphics being better. So yeah, no, Alex this appears to be very much somehow alive. Yeah, Blue Isle Studios, I guess. But it does look like they... I don't think that they're... Oh, they like their website is actually like completely deleted. It's still, yeah, their like website's the down official. too and everything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're gone. They don't exist anymore. The exact quote from Steinsgate. 
My mind and reality are working thesis. My mind and reality are at odds with each other. Yeah. Yeah, this, I think, looked really fucking good, but... Yeah. yeah, it's super dead. Yeah, they killed their actual website. Yeah, it appears so. it got removed, like, uh, as of this month. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, April 3rd, so, yeah. It's super dead. That means I can probably mm-hmm. find files for it on illicit websites. You probably could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. That's what I thought. Anyway, I, I, <laughs> I'm glad this came up. It's a shame, These though, because I came emails I quarantined. Yeah. Yes. All right. Next email. Yep. Also, was that person like starting at like episode one and working their way forward? I feel like it was a very long time we, ago. So as not that I want to like insult and act like the like you know listener. Oh, why weren't they listening the whole time or something like that? Like I'm very appreciative of the email. It's just like, man, I haven't thought about that in a while. So I went back <laughs> and like re-listened to chunks of episodes I enjoyed the titles of, which plays back into a email we'll get to in a couple minutes probably. And yep. I think we're not realizing how much we fucking talked about that game for about, like, a three-month time period. Like, to the point okay, where... Okay, that is a fair. Yeah, like, I, to the point where I was, like, actively giving updates on, like, I'm not spending $100 on a, co- on a PC copy of that game. <laughs> like, it, it was brought up multiple times. I am more than willing to believe that. Yeah. It's a good game and worth bringing I, up. Uh, we're going to talk this episode 300, aren't we? Yes. Especially if someone writes in about it. Yeah. Dear Wicked Awesome cast, I live in New York City. Thank you for your letter, Anonymous. Yes, most of these are from Anonymous. Uh, Dear Wicked Awesome cast, I live in New York City, and every week since things got real bad here, your irrelevant podcast has been a wonderful escape from the realities of what my day-to-day has been. Then someone had to mention that Jeff is coming back for episode 200 <laughs> and that his alternative... I'm so sorry. This is, this is horrible for both of us. And that his alternative <laughs> contact methods might return and now I'm actively hyped. No question. <laughs> just wanted to write in and say that. Yes! No problem. I'm glad I can deliver. <laughs> Dude, I, you, couldn't, you couldn't hear it, but I was like clapping to myself as you were doing your long <laughs> intro. Like, he's doing the thing! He's doing the thing. Well, that's what I. That's how I was acting when you were uh, doing the boop 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 noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I am genuinely flattered, and I'm glad that I can bring some levity and bring a little extra sunshine into people's lives, especially with things that are going on. And I really hope you're doing well, and everyone in New York, especially with things that are going on. Like this is such a rough time, and I really have nothing but you know hope for everybody that we all make it through this, and we all make correct and intelligent decisions that help us all as a group and that we can all come out this the other side stronger because it's a scary goddamn time so thank you so much for your letter man or woman let's let's be honest you're on this podcast you're not making great decisions to begin with (laughs) yeah i was gonna say i channeled i had to channel my inner charlie for that one We're happy you listen to our podcast. We're sorry you listen to this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Super happy to have you as a listener. Super sorry you're a listener. Not that we're sorry. We're We're listening that you found us. Like, man, you're subjecting yourself to this? Okay. In the same vein of that, we got another email in from Anonymous. Dear Wicked Awesome cast. 
after 200 plus episodes, you've created some absolutely bizarrely named podcast titles. Personally, my favorite is episode 187, Lovecraftian filet of fish since I felt both personally attacked for liking filet of fishes, but also couldn't really disagree with your comment on the sandwich. Do you three have a favorite episode title? Talks about mm. to four because Jeff is here. Mm. That really is one of my I favorites. Am. It really is. Cthulhu. That's a pretty filet- good one, to be yeah. honest. I mean, so the best answer I'm going to give, which this is going to be not necessarily a cop out, but kind of a weak answer. Is I always liked the um, was it the Something Wicked Studios uh, what do we call it the yearly shareholders meetings? Yeah, or the uh because those always meant that we like went to a concert or did something awesome. Yeah, it was me and you driving and, like, in a car to something, and they were the least yes. professional ass nine podcasts ever. <laughs> I don't know, man. There are so many good. Uh, I kind of like simple and thick, yeah. in part because that that was that was a viewer response, or that was the Jeff response. Yeah, that, that was, yeah, that was that was a Jeff response, wasn't it? Yeah, I didn't say that. No, no, one, that that but... was um, no, that was a letter, wasn't it? It was a letter answering. Yeah, that that, that what was is, one word in for that what, one. What Moe? What what Moe meant? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Someone... Never mind. I did start this. No. Mess, no. Didn't yeah. I? You, you started it. Someone else wrote in answering the anime terms, and their answer for for Moe was simple and thick. Question mark. <laughs> yes. It's like yeah, yeah. You have gotten it the correctest anyone has ever gotten that description. Yeah. Uh, I'm also I'm also partial to the Van Helsing anniversary. No idea what the fuck happened to that podcast that led to that phrase, but I love that term. Um, my favorite art so by many, far. There's so many good ones. Like I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, what was it? Oh, I'm looking at it. Dab Trap was just simple and elegant. Like, so I got a funny one. story about Dab Trap for you. Oh yes, <laughs> we said that term so many times, like in a short span, that Jen yelled from the other side of the house, "Shut the fuck up about Dab Trap!" And then was like <laughs> angry at me for saying. That. She's like, "I didn't know." You know how people like don't like the word moist or something like that. She's like, "Apparently, my word is Dab Trap." Like, was, was like visibly <laughs> angry. She heard the word Dab Trap. I was going to say, my favorite art, though, because Charlie does the uh, the arts, were one when, I think it was one of uh, Alex's Scorpions with the uh, SWS logo. With the gun? Oh, and, yes. Yes. And then the one with uh, Alex. Alex is, they, they all involve Alex. Alex's that room, face. Yeah, there's two really good yes. ones out there. <laughs> Wait, this is news to you, Alex? No, 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 no. I just meant, like, we're talking about the images, too, because I thought we were talking about the names of the podcast. That, we've that was it. the question. I'm, I am expanding. Okay. Superman yeah, no, with Harvey it... Weinstein Tendencies is a really good episode title, See, too. That sounds... <laughs> okay, I, I just want to point out, when I saw that title, it very much gave me a Cards Against Humanity vibe. Like, that's, that could easily be a card on Cards Against Humanity. No problem. And it's just... It is, yeah, good. That was how I was describing the boys, if I remember correctly. Yes, yes, that was the boys. That's right. No, because you were describing the leader of the Justice League in the boys. Yeah, the, the seven. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Uh, 
God, I don't know. There were so many. Woke like a bear in December is pretty good. <laughs> More disturbing than Big Dick Lizard Man? <laughs> for that, I'm not even bothered photoshopping that. That was just something I found. Uh, I don't know. There were so many good ones. Like, I mean, obviously, my victory lap episode was great. It's not um, it's not original, but Terry Tate office linebacker. Just this one. It's a fantastic. Yup. That was another good one. Yeah. Sylvanas Eight Mile War Chief. That one's okay. How about Alex's Are Yoko? That's another good one. <laughs> <laughs> are so many good ones. Oh, kiddo, Alex. <laughs> I, I love you, too. <laughs> I can't believe we did an episode after that fucking restaurant near my house. It's just called Villa got... Terraza. How about Frank and Tits is my new band name? <laughs> Tactical yoga pants? <laughs> yeah. The Tegus oh. live in the grow tent in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Tegus made the move, right? Uh, no, they ended up uh, staying. Oh, that's we, we sad. We gave them to, uh... Actually, it's a real fucked up story. Um, well, like, okay, let me... Let, let, okay, let me preface that by saying not fucked up in terms of how we ended up giving them to a reptile rescue. That's not the fucked up part. So, long story short, um, Mandy knows a lot of people in the reptile world kind of thing. Sure. And it just so happens one of the reptiles that she used to work with, something happened to the owner and he just fucking disappeared. And apparently nobody was watching the animals and a lot of them died in the Oh, that shop. sucks. That really it's sucks. It's fucking Ugh. horrible. In fact, it was on the news because the neighbors were like, it smells fucking horrible. You know, because it had, it had a storefront and I guess they ended up calling like animal control and had police involved, but they went in there and it just the the rescue reaped of death. Like it just reeked of death, and Aww. it was because people didn't watch over them. We don't know if the tegus were that's there. Tragic. That sucks to hear, but, man. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, no, it fucking sucks. I feel bad that something I made a lot of jokes, but eating your feet died. That sucked. <laughs> that wasn't what yeah. I was going for, but no, I, yeah. I, I, I have personal relationship to these tegus. Like that that whole situation is shitty. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, that was a that was a thing. Sorry to be the downer on no. this all of a sudden. I'm gonna bring it back up. I found one of our titles in our really old episodes that I think holds up the best out of all of them. Competitive Smash is the says one sauce of video games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's also a uh, two pound strip club burger with fries. We have a lot of food related episodes. Like, food name-related ones. I think it's, well, at least from the ones that we've, since I've been here, since we are doing this around what would normally be lunchtime, there's a lot, awful lot of hunger going on, I think, on, you know, that we don't really talk about, but it certainly comes out in what we talk about. Yeah, that's true. Jackassery Think Tank, another classic. I describe, I changed the description of our podcast to that recently. <laughs> <laughs> It really is. It really <laughs> is. Yeah, like no truer terms of this podcast have ever been said. Um, All right, that, we, we got to move on. That, that, thank you for writing in. We're going to our next email. Another anonymous one. Dear Wicked Awesome Cast, of all your fictitious characters, 
Henry Ford for a horse murderer, Nikolai tracksuit, the food scientist, and I'm sure I'm forgetting some others. Who would win an all-out fight? I mean, the only I, one who's called anyone out is the re- is the real Kevin Smith. The real is Kevin Smith. That's right. <laughs> He's the only one who's called anyone out. I've, I'd like to think that Nikolai tracksuit has a full. Or I, I both believe that he has a full army behind him, and I also more than vividly have seen him in enough films where he is the first to die. Yeah. Or he is like the boss villain who has to die. Like, see, I gotta say, I'm pretty sure it's Henry Ford, horse murderer. Yeah, Henry Ford. He murders murder. those horses. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Henry Ford. I'm gonna murder some horses. <laughs> like, I just picture him, like, standing over Nikolai Tracksuit, because I think Nikolai comes in second out of all of our characters, just being like, you ain't no horse, click, but I'll put your ass down anyway. But today I'll make an exception. Yeah. <laughs> Guess I'm eating Russian for dinner, not delicious horse meat. <laughs> oh man! Oh, proud I'm Henry. Ho- I'm Henry Ford, horse murderer. <laughs> I love you, Henry Ford, horse murderer. <laughs> I mean, well, let's let's think of. Okay, so are we counting the Lovecraftian fillet of fish sandwich as a character? No, that's just the thing we said. <laughs> Because it obviously wins if it's a character. It's Lovecraftian filet of fish. Like they we really didn't yeah. invent yeah. Lovecraft. HP yeah. Lovecraft. We just put the word Lovecraftian in front of the filet of fish, which perhaps we shouldn't have. But well, I consider we talked about it for a while. Does it? Is it? What are the? What are the standards where it becomes a character? Does it I think if they, I think if it's gotten a voice, like I'm not sure the Lovecraftian okay. filet of fish had a voice. This is true. It didn't have a voice. Yeah. If that's the case, the food well, scientist... yeah, if you heard it, you'd go mad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you've got the food... Yeah. Food First signs that your food, your food's talking to you is a pretty early sign. <laughs> or that the food scientist is really fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oops. I forgot to mention I, I have a science. food scientist story, uh, which was I was out in Providence because me and my coworkers went to a Providence Bruins game. And uh, I went to a place that served me a Oreo cookie milkshake with alcohol in it. Yeah. Mm. I was like, yes, that was good. That was good. <laughs> That's a nice combination. Yup. Hmm. Sorry, did, I, I felt the need to derail us with food because that seems like a thing that we do. Mm-hmm. That's, that's standard practice. I'd be disappointed yep. if you did. Exactly. But uh, I guess thank you for writing in. <laughs> yeah. In this... Uh, Basically, ultimate showdown of ultimate history with uh, characters from something Wicked Studios. What a throwback. Mm. <laughs> oh, Nikolai Traxu was walking around Tokyo City like a big playground. Or no, we don't have around. time for this, yeah. and we did not prepare yeah. for it. We are not going to Jeff is here! We yeah. have time! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we don't. How much time is left before you get pulled back into the Shadow Realm? Oh, pfft. Uh, so it's one of those situations where, like, there's a chain around my neck that's slowly, like, appearing. And, like, I'm. It, it's kind of like, uh, if you remember back in the early seasons of Bleach when he uh, was down at the bottom of that well, which was a uh, whole storyline that went nowhere and wasn't important later. Like, I've, I've got one of those where, like, the chain is both sentient and eating itself and slowly wrapping around my throat. And then it's going to just rip me away at a certain point to wherever it is I go in between hundreds of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well our next email comes in from Samantha no location given dear Alex and I guess the rest of the podcast <laughs> with the with a note saying be sarcastic about that last part 
as the second most veteran member of the podcast, you've been through a lot. You've had to endure dark theories about Star Trek, have the dark secret of Pop-Tarts revealed to you, learn food science is both a real and evil thing, and that BlizzCon is an infomercial for you that you had to pay to watch, to name just a few favorites. I'm not sure this, is a qu this question makes sense, but after all the dark knowledge that's been shared with you, do you have a favorite thing you learned against your will? Um... That he's, he learned that he's the third most veteran of us. Thank you. <laughs> the second. <laughs> second? You and I are the first. I think he's technically been on more episodes than you at this point. Oh! Yeah, but he wasn't there at the beginning. That's fair. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. There's a, lot, there's a lot you've broken my spirit with over the years, if I have to be <laughs> accurate about that. I'm saving one for tabletop gaming, by the way. I, 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 someone mentioned enthusiasm about something. I'm just sitting here, like, stroking this dark piece of knowledge, being like, soon, my precious, soon, we will use you to wreck <laughs> Alex and make him sad. Um, hmm. If I had, okay. The one that Charlie just broke down with me, or the one where I had, like, a self-realization uh, <laughs> midway through, like, something. Because, like, Okay, the one, uh, I'll give you two. I'll give you two that stand out. The one that I think where I've been talking over the years has been my on-again, off-again, horrible relationship with Blizzard, as far as that goes. <laughs> um, I think that's definitely yeah. a big one, because, like, it very much is a fucking totally abusive relationship I have with this game and company. Yeah. Like, it, it, uh -huh. it, it's, I, I, I'm, and the thing is, I'm totally, I see it. I see it. But I still log on to play the fucking game. And I guarantee you when I'm done recording this podcast and uploaded, I'm going to play the fucking game. But Blizzard still tells you it loves you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that one has been kind of a long one. He's been chiseled at over the years. If you want just straight headshot, fuck you, Alex moment, it's the Pop-Tarts. <laughs> I was going to say the BlizzCon because that one went on for like three episodes and you fought that one tooth and nail. And then something happened, and like it's the the podcast started off with you being like, y "You were right about BlizzCon." Like I was amazed we were having that conversation again. I'm like, well, "Wait, I what the fuck happened?" I bundle that in with the whole off like sure. abusive relationship with Blizzard. I don't want to break that off as a separate event because that whole has been that's been multiple episodes. You've yeah. been chiseling at that rock for a while, and now it's become a giant statue of shit emoji for Blizzard. Essentially, no, that's fair. So, yes, that one gets included in the Blizzard thing, but I think if it's just a one off, I'm just gonna destroy Alex's mood today. It has to be the pop cards, yeah. <laughs> so, well, all right, then, yeah. yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> thank you for writing in about my broken spirit. Who's, yeah, thank you, Samantha. thank you, Samantha. Samantha, thank you. All right, this one comes up. All right, let's do our next email. This one comes in from a uh, very special writer. Hello, fuckers. I was just some backlog episodes because I love listening to my own voice and stumbled upon myself losing my shit over and explaining Stranger Things season two. And Charlie claimed that I would recant that I'd be recanting season three as I did not watch Stranger Things season three because I was too busy literally doing anything that isn't that. Who is going to watch and recant Stranger season Stranger Things season three? Just thought we'd read that uh... one for fun. <laughs> and who's that one from? Charlie? That's from you. 
<laughs> was that before you knew you were actually going to be on the podcast or not? I can't remember how that timeline works out. No, I sent that like yesterday. Fair enough, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> so, looking at you, uh, I, Alex and uh, I, 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 I'm mostly enjoying the idea that like you only were watching Stranger Things to yell about it on the podcast at this point. It's literally there to trigger me. It's literally there to upset me. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I like it too. They just like to shit on things that I like here. It's on got here. Russians in it. That made the season better, if I remember correctly. <laughs> mm-hmm. hey, season two, I had some very, very real venom <laughs> for that show. I, season three, I think, was actually better because, like, you had the monster get into the real world and. You got to see it do what that meant, and that part I found yeah. interesting. I guess, like I, I don't think I watched all of season three though. Ultimately, I think I like lost track of it, or something else came out. I was distracted by a flashing light. I don't know. <laughs> Next email. Yep. Yes. <laughs> all right, Alex. Maybe we should have answered that ruining question till after I read this email. But this one comes in from Janet. Dear Wicked Awesome Cast. For your 200th official episode, I wanted to try my hand at planting a horrible idea in Alex's brain. I don't know where I saw this question, but I feel as the uh, there are, uh, you are experts to arrive at the answer for this question. So here it is. Is ketchup a soda? Is it a sports drink? It's made from vegetables, but also contains a shit ton of sugar, so it's not a fruit juice. Also, wrestling is just anime for rednecks, and Taco Bell really does have a standard equipment called the Mitos. So tomatoes are fruit. Yeah, but so by that measure, no, like I, I think it, I think it. I would call it a smoothie. Ketchup, ketchup is, is a, a smoothie. smoothie, but doesn't have ice. Doesn't a smoothie technically have ice in it? No, I'm going with to. it. You know what it is? It's kombucha because it's got vinegar in it. <laughs> it's not fermented. No, is it not? No, it's not. No. I'm sure you could. Sure, I want fermented well, ketchup. Yeah, I guess you could, but yeah, I, that's not a common thing. But no, it's it's blended fruit and vegetables, and that's all smoothies. Well, so, uh, is V8 a smoothie then? Uh, yeah. So fermented ketchup is totally a thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> People are having, like, videos on how to make it yourself. It looks like it's basically, like, it's like a tomato paste. Like, it's really dry looking. Yeah, that makes sense. That would make a lot of sense for the fermentation process. Yeah, yeah, so I'm going. It's kombucha. Yeah, I don't think ketchup's a soda because it's not from. It's not fizzy. Carbonated. Yeah, maybe that's why it's not a kombucha either. Well, you can have flat kombucha. It's not, it doesn't actively carbonate itself until you add sugar to it. Uh, hmm. I think I mean, it's a sports so... drink. Why would a it be a sports drink, drink though? I don't know. It, you'd have to say that V8 is a sports no, drink. No, it's thought... not because V8 is just juice. Uh, V8 is still technically it's fruit salt. juice. No, it's not just juice. It has pulp. Have you drank V8? It's pulpy no, as hell. No, I don't like vegetable juice. <laughs> right, yeah. but by that same... Uh, no, I, but by saying that, I, I like V8. I, I just... I, I don't drink it very often at all. I, I, but, yeah, I actually like V8. Does but... ketchup have pulp in it? It's yeah. thick. Yeah, but it's yeah, like... It's, it's thick. paste. It's, yeah, it's like paste. It's not, like, it's not full of chunks, though. Like, that's what pulp is. Like, by the same measure of V8... Isn't a juice like orange juice isn't technically a juice thing because it also contains pulp. Um, it's just V8's very thick. It it's not it's not it's like a slightly thin ketchup 
to be honest, it's it's it has it has a consistency. Yeah, to but it. I'd it's also argue that still like, like it drinks like a. I'm not sure thickness is necessarily a measure of what something is in this situation because, like, that by that logic, like kombucha is juice, even though it technically never it doesn't have to contain juice because it drinks like a fast flowing juice. But I think Low the difference is, is like, I mean, what you would call a smoothie, you wouldn't call a smoothie juice. You can have a juice smoothie. Yeah. But, I mean, you wouldn't call it juice because it's a smoothie. Well, yeah. you, don't, you don't add sugar to a smoothie, necessarily, which you do uh, to make ketchup. I mean, by that logic, I wouldn't call it a drink. I'd call it ketchup. <laughs> uh, ketchup could be a drink. I shot, I shot glass ketchup. No, that, I, think that's what, I think that's what she's getting at. Like, it's the idea that, like, you've added enough. ketchup before, like, too. Essentially, ketchup is V8 plus sugar, which is kind of what soda is, which is just liquid plus sugar. I mean, I imagine V8 doesn't have any vinegar in it. No, Does not generally. ketchup have to have vinegar in it? Yeah. It's one of the, like, three ingredients. Oh, I thought this is yep. acidity from e the, what you call it, cup. I mean, tomatoes are acidic, yeah, I, but it's, it's... I also don't it's eat like ketchup. It's like vinegar, salt, sugar, and tomato. Vinegar is a base, not an acid. Just saying. I meant the flavor. Both of those things, if you go vinegar? far enough away from... Isn't vinegar acetic acid? Or, hold on, it is an acid. Oh, hold on. Is it? It's. I thought it was base. Both of them have the same taste if you go off of the dead center. That's all I know. They get the same so, thing. Yeah, it is. It is acetic yeah. acid. Yeah. Uh, who wrote this email? Was it Janet? Janet. Janet, I'd like to uh, let you know that I know your good-hearted and fun question meant to annoy me ended up turning into a real discussion about yeah. <laughs> the validity of what ketchup actually is. I don't know if this is what you intended, but this is what you got. Ketchup is just <laughs> fucking weird. We can leave it at that. Yeah, there's a reason I don't eat it. Like it's you know what ketchup is delicious. I like ketchup. Next email. Yeah. I, before we move on, actually, like do either of you, any of you, remember the like neon green and neon purple ketchups Heinz brought at one ketchup? point? Oh yeah, yeah Shrek ketchup. Oh, yeah. yeah, those two things are why I don't eat ketchup because at the young age those things came out. They successfully kind of successfully dyed something totally not ketchup colors in my mind and maintained perfect flavor parity. I'm like, you just shouldn't eat this, period, I don't think. We shouldn't eat anything that is capable of accepting food coloring now? I, I don't know how you add food coloring to red to make it turn green. Uh, a lot of food coloring. Yeah, that's the issue, too. If it, if it tasted, like, weirdly watered down or like, hey, this is habanero. That's how it got cream, but it's like, no, no, this tastes exactly the same as the purple one. That's wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but tomatoes aren't really that red on the inside, which is where the majority of, like, the ketchup... Yes, they fucking are! They're pretty light-colored and have shades of green in some tomatoes. Maybe you're garbage, I mean, but, bleached, I mean, artisanal but if, you, but if you blend up a tomato... Alex describing the water that's within yeah. a tomato is not tomato-colored? Yeah, well, I'm just gonna say this. When you actually blend tomatoes, like, sometimes I make my own, like, like marinara sauce because it's really easy. It's just blended tomatoes with with like basil, uh, and but yeah, uh, it's it's red. It's really yeah, red like when you not, blend it's tomatoes. Not like a fire out. truck or Ferrari red, but it's like it's pretty bright red. And when red. you cook, and when you cook it, it becomes slightly more red. Yeah, too. That mm. that actually does happen as well. Like, I'll well, just so say that as having the paste. Yeah, yeah. I and I've just I've literally made. 
when I make it, I just throw tomatoes in a blender, in a little blender that I have. Are you sure you're eating tomato some salads basil. and not like vegetable it... apples? Those <laughs> <laughs> come in either. green. Either way, they go delicious on my sandwich. All right, next email. <laughs> Thank you, Janet, for your email. Thank you, Janet. Yeah. So what's mustard? No, I'm kidding. Mustard is It'll delicious unless it comes from Heinz. Well, you got to be careful yeah. with mustard. I'll agree you, with that. You, well, you got to be I careful. I like Heinz mustard, but like fancy mustard is so fucking good. You just have to be careful with mustard because if you cook it and it gets too hot, it becomes mustard gas and you could die. Yep, that's exactly how that I'm works. I'm just Alex. ending this podcast right now. 200 episodes is good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, we're done. You know what? No, we're going to go right into this email that's... um. Titled, Really, Alex? Really? Thank you, Lister, for writing <laughs> in with that. all these emails coming at me? <laughs> I don't get it! You built this house. I guess so, but yes. <laughs> this one comes in from Daniel, or Danielle, I'm not sure which one to pronounce it, from Norway. Okay, hello. Dear Wicked Norway? Awesome, who the fuck cares? This is, almost, this is almost exclusively aimed at Alex and Alex alone. You do realize that your big break from WoW happened a week before the alpha for Shadowlands started, right? 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 And as a former WoW player, I've been waiting for some long, so long for you to finally tap out, and this just feels like cruel bait and switch. <laughs> <laughs> Alex's idea of the break is the same as like a meth addict's like yeah, I made the whole evening <laughs> by break I'm just taking micro doses of the same shit it's not the same guys I swear there's a song by a band called Devil Driver called I've Been Sober and the lyrics are I've been sober 13 days and 7 nights like <laughs> <laughs> well so that's you right now. there's more to this email Oh, boy. <laughs> if you don't have alpha access in this break is genuine, I take this entire email back, but I'm sure the rest of the guys are lapping their asses off for this. So worth it! Your <laughs> <laughs> skepticism so was correct. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is so perfectly timed, too, because I just happened to get my alpha access this fucking week. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. Which, by the way, I'll be streaming some of my alpha access games. Uh, uh, Cash it in, baby! Oh, we could take it to Vegas on betting on, like, okay, you think he's gonna make it 12 or 13 hours before he starts scratching his neck? <laughs> Probably not that long. To be honest with you. Starting a new character count is uh, not playing WoW. I've created and deleted at least five or six characters. Yeah, I know. I know how WoW players work at this point. Like, I used to be on the alpha. Yeah. The as a recovered alka um, alcoholic, it's a real problem. Yeah. <laughs> I've got maybe about six or seven 120s right now. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this one comes in from Nate in Clearwater, Florida. Oh, that out to Florida. Hello. Uh, dear dating expert Jeff, and definitely not the one that got married or the one who's had the same girlfriend the entire time he's been on this nightmare train. Thank God you're back, Jeff. I have all kinds of dating questions that only an expert of, the, of your established knowledge can answer. How do oh, you? Yes, I am a guru. How do you get period blood out of sheets? If you've never what had sober sex fuck? with your significant other, are you really dating? Are oysters actually an aphrodisiac or just a big oyster trying to trick people into eating oysters? Is a woman whose favorite food is ribs or crepes sexier? Is Charlie actually going to read all of this email for the? 
like some kind of psycho. Are horror movies or rom-coms the best first, di- first date ideas? First of all, just to preface one thing, if you think Charlie's not going to read an obscene fucking email, yeah. you clearly haven't been listening <laughs> to this podcast long enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome, new listener. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, thank you for writing in. Are we? Uh, yep, so step one. Uh, first thing is, is that blood is a protein, and proteins cook just like anything else, like hamburger or anything, so you want cold water. If you can, soak beforehand. Uh, basically put it in with like a detergent, let it soak overnight, then wash it in cold water, even though it is probably like a white sheet or something, and you're usually supposed to do that in hot, do cold water, then make sure it's out before you put it in the dryer. That is how you get blood out of sheets. You can also put hydrogen um, peroxide on it, we'll eat the red. Yep, that too. You could also or just if you have a, away. you can also just put it into a uh, washer machine like Charlie has that just already has a blood yeah, setting. That's true. <laughs> I've, I've never used the blood setting. I'm so sad. Oh, uh, how have you not the used the of... blood setting even out of curiosity? I, I, I want... Because he didn't get a donation from the Red Cross to fill I'm, it. Duh. I'm sorry. If I'm using the blood setting, I'm using the blood setting for real reasons, not out of sick curiosity. Like, I either have to have murdered someone, it's time to clean up the evidence, or like something horrible has happened. What I want to know is how have you not just had a blood ritual where you're like, I sacrifice my blood to the washing machine blood god, and then like have full fucking metalhead makeup cut over your forearm like fucking Arnold in Terminator 2 to put some blood on some sheets and then throw it into the washer, hum some fucking like monk-like sound melody. incantation. Yeah, incantation, and then flip that bitch over to blood setting and then turn it on. How have you not done this yet? I got stuff to do. I've done a blood ritual in years. <laughs> I am wonder I would love to see that Charlie like pricks his finger and pours like one drop of blood into the machine, and then he turns around and just here to go. Yeah. Like <laughs> cut to me like knocking over a red cross trying to steal blood packs out of it to feed to my tub washing machine. Like if, if you don't like when you set it to blood and you turn on, if all the LED colors don't turn red immediately. Was it really worth it to have a fucking blood setting on your washer? Let's be honest here. I think I had the same reaction. Um, I think the blood setting is still like the neon blue of the display, but yes. Also, is your is your washer just I know we're going off topic really quick, but I wanted to know. Is your washer like one of those like smart washers where it's like wired or online or whatever? No, because I wanted a washer that actually worked. Okay, mm. because mm. I wonder if, for whatever reason, if you ever set your machine to blood setting and it's online, does it just send an alert to, like, the local authorities? The like, police. hey, <laughs> just an FYI, this guy is washing this many amounts of times in the blood setting. You might want to go check on him. This is the police. On what grounds? Blood setting. Yeah, you, you, you got that right. I yeah. definitely murdered, like, eight people. You're absolutely right. You got me. <laughs> but um, the second half to this question is... uh. One, put down a towel you don't care about and or have sex in the shower. Both are perfectly acceptable. Um, what question does that answer? Uh, how to not get blood on your sheets. Oh, we're, we're, it's just how to get them out, not who cares beyond that. Well, I'm telling you how to not get it there in the first place. <laughs> so what was the second question? Because this was a three or four uh, this part. Was, uh, if you've never had sex with someone, with your significant other sober, are you really dating? Wait, say that again. Slower. If you've never had sex with your significant other sober, are you really dating? Uh, 
Uh, You're, you are really dating because the act of dating means you are going on dates. You can be dating someone and not be their SO. You might be alcoholics, but, though. Uh, you might be alcoholics. <laughs> you might want to try sex you can remember at some point. Yeah. <laughs> are oysters uh, oh, actually also, an aphrodisiac? Oysters are not an aphrodisiac. I, I remembered that was one of the questions. What else was there? Yeah, moving on from that one. Uh, is a woman whose favorite food is ribs or crepes sexier? I go with ribs, but ribs, ribs, ribs. definitely ribs. Uh, crepes. Three to as one. The ribs. only vegetarian. Say, as a vegetarian oh, yeah. or? Oh yeah. Well, what if it was um? They have the like the tofu and like uh. I know that the well, most heard ribs. like the vegan sausage is actually not bad. Um, yeah, but it's like I don't really eat a lot of the fake meats. I do on occasion. It's more of a, I'm out with friends, and we're at a restaurant, and it's like, I want a burger, too. Mm -hmm. But most of what I eat is not, like, you know, fake meat, <laughs> to be honest. That's fair. But well, I'm asking which of these is more sexually arousing, though. Now, which is any of us more likely to order? <laughs> uh, the answer could still be crepes. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's still crepes for me. Sure. Uh, last but not least question. Are horror movies or rom-coms better first date ideas? Rom-coms are technically a better first date idea, especially if you go in knowing it's going to be a good rom-com, because there are definitely better rom-coms than others. Mm. Um, that said, or the honest thing is, is the girl will probably dictate that to you, what she wants to see, because if you give her options and say, like, hey, we can go see this or this, She'll let you know which one she's more As we all in. know, Ichi the Killer is the correct answer for this. <laughs> Ichi the Killer, it's, it's, famous it's rom -com. the best of both. Yeah. It's the best <laughs> yeah. of both. I mean, you're not um, wrong. Yeah, and like every now and then you'll find, you know, a girl with like, you know, a dark sense of humor or something that like, you know, likes who's going to vote for the horror movie. And, you know, if that's kind of like the type of person you're in, you're looking for is, you know, someone who does have kind of that little sick sense of humor on occasion or something like that. That's definitely going to be one of the things that you're going to be able to kind of uh, filter which type of person you're kind of, you know, currently looking at. Like, my girlfriend, who is wonderful, is, like, super nice, like, kind, super intelligent. She's studying to be a doctor, but she also likes horror movies and bad mm -hmm. movies and goes on or, and likes kung fu movies. Like, the first movie me and her saw together was Thor Ragnarok. Nice. Why did we see it? Because she told me she was a Thor fan. And oh, this is a funny story. She was like, yeah, I like the Thor movies. And I was like, oh, you're just a Chris Hemsworth fan then, huh? Because in my head, no one likes Thor 1 and 2. I do. Like, mm. And she, she goes, no, I actually don't. I'm like, oh, so that means you're into Tom Middleton then. She goes, no, I just really like the movies. And I, was, I had a moment, I'm like, oh no, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> and uh, then it turned out Thor Ragnarok was a great movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Extremely good. They kind of really yes. found their niche and their style with the third one. Everything else yes. fire, they kind of figure out how to do it. It's one of those scenarios where, like, they try to be a serious film, but it didn't really work out. And when they embrace the humor in their setup, it's so much better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That being yep, said, so. a great first film, like, a great film to watch for a first date. If you're in a little bit of horror, um, you can always watch a Serbian film. That's always a great film to start with. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah. You know, I heard this really. I know, I heard that uh, Human Centipede's really romantic too. The sequel right? that was too hot to be shown in theaters. 
It's yeah, about you know, it's a good first date material, a snuff film. Like, <laughs> Jesus, Alex. I'm just saying, if you've lived through a traumatic experience, you can always just bond through that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, people think about like Human Centipede as this weird horror movie, but really the movie's about connection. All right, so using that as our jumping off point for our next email. Who <laughs> 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 comes in from Lyle in Yorkshire? No extra information given on that. You're an awesome cast. Since you've been encouraging weird emails, here goes. If you had to eat 200 of something to save your life, what would you pick? Also, don't say something like peas or crisps or something that I'm, I'm or something like that. I'm talking that it's hard to hold more of five of it any at, uh, at any given time. Damn, I was gonna say pistachios. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can easily fuck up mm. a bag of pistachios in one sitting, no problem. Oh, easy peasy. Easy. <laughs> um, let's see. So something that I can still eat. Was it two or five hundred? Two hundred. Two hundred. I think in theme for episode two hundred. I mean, as much as it sounds easy, eating something like two hundred like Starburst or Skittles, because what as much as that sounds like a cop out, here's why it's not. When I was younger, I wound up making, you know, started mowing lawns, started having income for the first time in my life, and because I was smart with my money. Uh, first thing I did was go and buy myself like a 32-ounce bag of Skittles. Mm. I proceeded to eat that over the course of a weekend. And, uh, spoiler, uh, they used just enough, uh, (laughs) real fruit juice in that shit to basically give you dysentery. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, what a fun day. Yeah, 200 of that. (laughs) So I was kind of saying like apples or something for my answer. Like, no, that'll fuck your day up, though, too. (laughs) I mean, there's no answer that won't fuck your day up. Like, I mean, unless it's like bread or something that's going to dissolve really easy because bread basically dissolves in your mouth. Yeah. Because the enzymes, but like on the whole, most things are just, you know, not going to go down well. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, think even the 200 pistachios like something... are still going to come out the other side with, <laughs> with speed and aggression. <laughs> well, it's just more of a, something that you like enough to where you could stand eating 200 of it. I think that's. Kind of a little more of the theme here. There's no time frame tacos, either. Then. Like, yeah, it's just you have to eat 200 of it. But yeah, uh, for me, I, I mean, I'm trying to think of something I really like. But the thing is, like, I'm just I'm thinking to the like what I what have I cooked over the past month, and it is while all right, uh, Japanese curry. Sure. Yeah. I'll eat 200 portions of Japanese curry. I love curry, and I happen to like the Japanese version of curry a lot. So, yeah, that's what I'm putting down. Like, if peanuts are I big enough, 200 tacos. Peanuts, but I don't think they're big enough. Mm. Like, the full thing, not the individual ones. Like, the maybe don't eat the shell, but like you have to go through and shell 200 of them and eat all the contents. Or cheesecake. I could eat 200 slices of cheesecake. Not a bad answer. That would mm, mash out I nicely, love- too. Or Twinkies? Uh, nuggets. Yeah, probably. Mm. Ooh, yeah. good answer, good answer. I, I could definitely yeah. destroy 20 of those a little too easily. <laughs> I think I'm like them enough to where you, where you could last to 200. I mean, you also got dipping sauces. You get variety with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some buffalo nuggets, some honey mustard nuggets, some barbecue nuggets. I would just go but... Wendy's Spicy, right, for all 200. If you're like, I, I, there's nothing better Fuck than that. this. Yeah, I... See, that's uh, it's kind of the reason why I didn't say something like actually crepes, 
That's kind of a cop-out, because there's a million different ways you can have curry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, there's also a lot of ways to have curry, but you were also specific. Yeah. Because I, can also... I know, I was definitely thinking, I, there are many types of tacos. I could have, you mm. know, carnitas, uh, chorizo, steak, fish, shrimp, pollo, yeah. like, lots of, lots of varieties in uh, tacos. The only thing that really holds that together is just it's on a corn tortilla. So I'd be like, fucked. Those... I'd get like three of them. Be like, man, this sucks. I'd rather die. <laughs> Did you give an answer, Alec? I said nuggets. Okay, yeah. you said nuggets. Okay. Really great answer. Yeah. So uh, that listener can let us know when they uh, when they have their two hundred nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next email. This one comes in from anonymous. Hey, wicked awesome cast. Dead by Dead seems to be a topic again, so I wanted to offer up a question to those of you who can answer this. If you could design a killer, what would their play style be like? Um, All right. uh... I I have a simple one. It's always been my answer for this. It's the spy from Team Fortress 2. You look like other survivors. Yeah, I thought... See, I thought about something like that. Um, My idea that I'd like to put in there that I design for a play style even as well is... Kind of similar in a sense, but you are, it's built around the idea of Chucky and of the Puppet Master in that you are a doll, but there are many dolls around the map. Oh, so you can teleport around, kind of? Yeah, and you can basically be any one of them. There's a character that already does play a bit like that. Um, there's the... Uh, uh, I, I forget. The nurse teleports around, or she does like a... Dash no, no, no. There's, there's the, uh, the, hag? there's a witch that, sh- the hag that can tell that basically can lay traps, and the trap springs up and looks like her, but she can also teleport to that as well, oh. if she chooses. Whenever a trap is set off, in practice, it's not actually a os- It's not a super powered character, as powerful as you might think it is. But, but yeah, I, I kind of go with something. Well, I guess in a similar side where. You kind of ha- you have good like amazing movement around the map, but otherwise, so it, it's a little I guess for me a little more on the planning side, and the sort of planning and patience rather than on the power side. Whereas like uh, like for instance, like you know the chainsaw or the you know chainsaw takes the chainsaw massacre Leatherface, he's more on the power side in a sense. Like he doesn't have quite the movement that the others have. But if he's anywhere near you, you better watch out. Um, but yeah, I'd kind of be more of the sort of careful planning, planning pays off, be in the right place type of a type type play style for Dead by Daylight. Like I've played well with Michael Myers, and his big thing is staring at you. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of what I would design. Yeah, I I just want a character that act instead of actively like. Maybe they can't even attack the survivors. Like, the way you down survivors is you work on the generator with them. Yeah. And, like, you're actively working against them if you get the thing go And, like, if you get, a, as part of that, it triggers a skill check. And if you pass your skill check and they fail, then you hit them kind of thing. Like, I, I don't know. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I thought they were going to do that with Legion. Yeah, I thought didn't. Legion was that character, too. Yeah. But yeah, they have. But they, I, I think, 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're still eyeing that still for something it down the line. It feels like a no-brainer, doesn't it? At least, at least someone that looks like a survivor and could pass as one until they straight gank you, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, the... Yeah, and I've been kind of expecting a doll one to pop up, too. There's been a bunch like, of push, given the like licensing spree they've done lately, to get Chucky in Chucky. there. Yeah. yeah, which would be pretty cool. I think he could be... He, I'd 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 be very interested to see what his abilities would be. I just think how that they would transfer being into the uh, short would be amazing. Yeah, being difficult to see. Yeah. yeah, just being difficult to track down and see. And yeah, a death by a thousand cuts of a sense. Well, like give or... him a giant terror radius too to really fuck with people. Yeah, like <laughs> massive terror radius. We can't see him over most things. That would actually be really cool to play against. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. See the uh, uh, the pig, the the character from Saw franchise, can kind of do that. When the pig ducks, they shrink their terror radius. Yeah. And I guess in kind of opposite, where you can't detect them at all. But yeah, to have a tiny character that you can't see well, but you have a massive terror radius, that would actually be kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, that. I think, yeah, that's why I was kind of thinking of the doll concept. I think there's a lot you could do with the concept that could be Yeah, no, I, initially I was like, ah, whatever, Chuck, I don't like you. But no, now that we're saying it out loud, I'm like, that can actually be a really cool character, potentially. I don't think I'd play it, but that could be really cool. Yeah. I don't play the game, so I don't think my opinion's worthwhile, because I don't know who already is or isn't in the game. Fair enough, yeah. yeah. Um, at this point, they've got a lot of franchises, I mean, and... The reason it's lasted so well is just it's an amazingly well balanced game. We've got the Demogorgon, put the Xenomorph in there just already as a skin for the Demogorgon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Xenomorph would be cool. Yeah, but it would the Xenomorph wouldn't make a lot of sense because it, just in the theming of the way the game yeah. works. Um but I don't know. I mean they Yeah. I yeah. But yeah, I think the, I, I am and actually interested to see what they'll come out, what their next season is going to be. If you know, it's, because their seasons have usually been here's a completely original character, and then also here's a licensed character. Well, they just brought the cowboy so, and the oni was the one prior to that. Yeah, and the cowboy seems actually kind of cool. Yeah, the cowboy I have not played yet. I so. do not like playing against him because that range he's got going is impressive. I'm a sucker for spear guns. Yeah. Maybe some of the night creatures from Castlevania. Yeah, it's kind of the Demogorgon, though, too. Like, they're not unique enough to be a killer in some ways, although... They're getting more unique. Yeah. Oh, right, you're not in Season 3. Oh, yeah. And they hint at that in Season 2. They used to be established night creatures and stuff. Like, like Medusa might be a cool thing to throw in there in some way. Like, there's a bunch of, like, monsters you could add that, like, move away from, as Henry was saying, the idea of what the killers in that game are. Mm -hmm. Like, so much so, I'm kind of amazed the Demogorgon's in there. Yeah, this Demogorgon's a bit more thoughtless, in yeah. a certain sense. Mm. Yeah, the, the killers in that game, despite being very different, all, like, revolve around the central idea of people that became monsters, not monsters that were acting as monsters. Yeah. Well, that's why I say the Castlevania thing, is they actually start having it starts becoming more and more evident that they have personalities. Sure. I guess a mild amount of spoiler, 
they all contain a soul yeah. that was pulled out of hell and slapped in there. I, they, like, I think they say they that do. in like the first episode of the show. They're like, no, these things like yeah. these are technically demons because hell soul. But it's not like they're like the soul of a demon that got pulled out. It's they're all the souls of people who came from Earth, went to hell, yeah. and then a forge master sticks them in a body. It's very Castlevania. <clears throat> yes, that, that's why it's Castlevania. Yes. Next email. Yep. <clears throat> Naomi in Rio. Cool name. You're wicked awesome cast. Any good behind the scenes stories that wouldn't have made their way to the podcast? I'm not sure any anything will ever beat the podcast that didn't happen because Jeff passed out drunk mid-recording, but I suspect there have been I other had runners. I had a feeling that was going to get brought up here. What? I had a feeling that was about to get brought <laughs> up here. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of... Yeah. I mean, the behind-the-scenes thing is it's very mechanical at this yeah. point. Like, yeah. Um, it's not like they're... We're not, you know, reinventing the recording process every time we get out here. Um... I think anything that'd be interesting. I can definitely remember at least one point when me and Charlie were recording and a thunderstorm started happening where I was. And I was, and I think it's even recorded on the podcast. Basically, I'm like, if it all stops, I lost power. <laughs> you know why? Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's a thing. Yeah. Like part of why I was recording, um, part of why I've almost always recorded this thing on a laptop is because if I lost power, in theory, I could save still at least then before shit went to hell. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. that always been my logic. Um, I think behind the scenes stuff. I've... I mean, there's also been significantly less behind the scenes stuff. Like back when you were doing like uh, something with studios unplugged and stuff. I think there was a lot more interesting things going yeah. on. Yeah, but I mean, one in the wake of COVID, plus you moving, plus everything. The idea of like, hey, let's take a weekend and just go do something for the channel is significantly reduced. Um, and Alex not being around, or unless Henry wants to start going on field trips, I um, I want to get back to those. I miss doing those. Like I, the reality is, I don't know if something we could studios as the YouTube thing will ever return the way rebound. it was. Like that thing took up an inordinate amount of my time that I just don't have in the same way anymore. Like it's. Mm-hmm. The podcast is kind of the biggest production thing I do on a week to week basis. Like part of the joy, part of the joy of streaming for me and why it took, I've been getting back into it is you do it and it's over and you yeah. can choose. There's to, no, there's no post production yeah, and you can choose to do post production. You can do highlights or you can just fucking put that thing in archive and go, it's over. And that's been weirdly freeing for me. I think as a creator of this stuff, like it's, the podcast is that fun mix. Like, I, with the SWS stuff, there was actually a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Like, I, there, we got literally stuck in Metal Gear Solid 1 at one point, and I had to replay a solid two thirds of that game to unstick us. And that game crammed into like a three hour time span fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got that. Not not to knock Jim by accident, but like it's depending on who you we were recording that st- I was recording that stuff with. There was also the problem like we would record like several hours of that at once, and it was very possible for people to forget stuff in between recording sessions because we're recording a couple different games kind of in a cycle. And uh, with Jim, we had to go through and relearn the game before every recording, which is why like the like you can kind of tell where the like 
first hour of recording of each segment is because it's him sucking ass at whatever game he was playing at that point in time. Like, Jade Empire mm-hmm. stopped because he, like, it, he'd get it by the end of each recording segment, but then, like, in a month we'd pick that game back up. He had totally forgotten just the aspects of that game, and it was, it was becoming a problem. Not his mm-hmm. fault. Like, he'd play the game in, like, four-hour increments once a month. Like, who, like, the fact I remember how Jade Empire works, it all speaks to more the fact I played that game through, like, nine times. But, mm-hmm. yeah. I was going to say, the, um, I still really want, uh, it's like the last hoorah of the channel. I still want a continuation and a completion of Persona 4 that's, by Alex. That's the one I'm sad <laughs> we'll probably never get the finish, because Alex was definitely kind of going down the rabbit hole on that game, and you could see the beginning of a Persona fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Henry, you were never really part of the recording stuff, so that unless it applies to you. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you for bringing that up, Charlie. You should do Blood Drunk again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I will. I, if they ever make a Bloodborne two, I will do Blood Drunk again. <laughs> I, in behind the scenes of like that was going to be a like two or three times a year thing at one point. Like I, I was genuinely gonna try and make that into a thing, and just I, I don't know. Like that thing seemed cursed. Like I almost got it going a couple other times with like different people because like. You two were like, nah, never again. I'm like, okay, cool, we'll do it with some other crowd or something. And just getting that thing to line back up was impossible. <laughs> Things that were truly cursed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you can ask Jen. I think I tried to resurrect Blood Drunk easily, like, almost ten times in some form or another. Like, and, like, I, I did simplify the rules at one point. I'm like, okay, like, we got fucking wasted as part of that nightmare. Oh, God. Yeah. Yup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I remember being in that uh, Twitch chat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any fun behind-the-scenes stories. I, I don't know, I had to call and wake up Alex today. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think one of the behind-the-scenes things is, like, me falling asleep sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely that one. I think every podcast ends with us going off to get food. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's all. Yeah, this one definitely will be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's almost every time. Yeah, and definitely this time. Yeah. I don't. Know. I got anything else for this one? We got one more email to go. I mean, I can't really think of anything because yeah. our it, it it is very much like the behind the scenes is usually like get on hit record. Yeah. I mean, earlier we were talking about um how uh, we used to record on weekdays and how. That meant that Alex was always late because he was in traffic. <laughs> like that—that that was the big thing of me basically being like, "Can we please fucking start?" And Alex being like, "I just got in my car. It was always <laughs> I'm so leaving work bad. now." I kind of miss weekday recordings, but I know why we don't do them either. Yeah, LA traffic—that yeah. is a thing all on its own. So yeah, LA traffic is is literally the worst. It is the worst. I've been in a lot of cities. No, LA traffic is something of its own. Yeah, our old recording schedule had a hairpin, or like a hairline set of things to it, too. Like, yeah, because we were were very actively working against time zones, and we just, like, perpetually fucked Jeff's sleep schedule. Mm Mm-hmm. The Wicked Awesome cast is responsible (laughs) for me falling in love with the, like, 6.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. work schedule I had for a very long time. Because that like made it more plausible to record the earlier episodes that were just me and Jeff on a weekday. Mm. Mm. Yep. 
I believe it. Yeah. Thank you for writing in, Naomi. It's time for our last email. It comes in from Andrew in Albany, New York. You're Wicked Awesome cast. First off, congratulations on 200 official episodes and like 207, including the non-official ones. I've been listening since you hit triple digits, and as I suspect, I am one of your longest... Sorry, I've been listening since before you hit triple digits, and as a result, I suspect I'm one of your longest-term listeners, if not actually the longest at this point. When Jeff left the podcast, I was a little concerned since part of the fun of the podcast was initially for me that it was just, it just felt like two friends talking about video games and hanging about and other stuff in a somewhat uh, structured format. Thankfully, Alex did an amazing job filling the void Jeff left, and while the dynamic definitely changed from old friends to tormentor slash tormentee relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Also, that's the first compliment Alex has gotten on the podcast, so... Good, good workout. Another, two, another 200 episodes and you'll get another one. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> continue. The podcast still felt very much like two friends just hanging out. Then Henry joined the podcast, and while the three, well, while three is often company, your podcast once again evolved rather than struggle. Uh, the added insider knowledge of the gaming industry really expanded the podcast, and while, as you say, you are not a source of news, the discussion you had on more human topics has taken a fun turn. I didn't expect from a podcast that started off with two friends talking about how GameTrailers.com shut down. <laughs> Makes two yeah. of us, man. Uh, I didn't think I'd be here either. Yeah. <laughs> with, all that stu- with all that nice stuff being said, I have a question for, for you four. Obviously, Alex Uh-oh. and Henry knew Charlie and not Jeff, but pretending that weren't a factor, what do you think the Wicked Awesome cast would be like if Charlie had retired instead of Jeff? Less structured, that's for fucking certain. Yeah. Um, say, pro- or you would have lost a ton of production value with me instead of Charlie, because Charlie does basically all the research. There's basically, Charlie does all the research, Henry does additional research, yeah. and Alex lives, breathes, and shits Blizzard. And... <laughs> yeah. So, like, I guess the kind of, like, to, to pull back the wool a little bit on this one, like, part of an issue why I wanted Alex on the podcast was, like, me and Jeff have the personality of we play what we want and fuck all y'all who don't like it. And having a person on that like was following gaming trends in a what I am playing way was actually really useful. Where it's like, like me and Jeff could jerk off about how great these obscure games we're playing are, but like having it's like I played some PUBG, it's okay. That was kind of good to have too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we yep. and like we lost some of that when Jeff left, and Henry brought back in like that in spades, where it's like, here's an indie game made by eight monkeys in a cave that were blindfolded and tormented by sharks. It's okay, and we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so that, and also I think that my role on the podcast very much was and kind of still is is that back then is my job was to be the layman, because as much as like. You know, back in the day, I could have told you almost anything that you needed to know about League of Legends and the pro scene and Riot. I couldn't tell you dick about, like, any other company. And it was Charlie's job to explain all those things. But often, I think, Charlie will assume people have the same knowledge base he does when he explains something, which is how all of us work. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't stop me to say, explain that League of Legends thing, I just assume you know the same stuff I do. And my job was to basically learn along with the listener and, like, stop Charlie and make him, like, explain, like, 
So what does that mean? Or like, you know, using PUBG as an example, like, okay, so here's what PUBG is, and me being like, what the fuck's a PUBG? And it's like, you don't know? That stands for Player Unknown Battlegrounds. Okay, what type of game is it? Well, it's a PUBG. Okay, you've been very helpful. Like, <laughs> and um, without me, I think there's still been enough diversity between everyone here that they still are. He still gets stopped for those explanations, and everyone else still like. Even today, Alex was trying to explain some high-level Blizzard shit, and Charlie stopped him no. or brought him to a grinding fucking halt to <laughs> get a good explanation out. Well, and that's the thing too. Like, it's the uh, like it's initially you kind of had me and Jeff doing our obscure gamer bullshit stuff and me doing a shit ton of research for this podcast and then doing the thing just Jeff just explained and then you kind of had me with obscure gamer stuff and Alex with popular gamer stuff and the center ground of video games where those two things met were like I'd have to have him clarify things and vice versa and then you add in the third pillar that is Henry where it's like I fucking built video games here's why you do these things and also Henry is a teacher <laughs> So he's kind of used to he's used to dumbing this shit down for us dumb skulls. Like it's the you wind up with this nice nice central point where it's not one person explaining anything anymore. Yeah, the amount of research I've had to do for this podcast as time has gone on has gone down considerably. Like the fact that like in my brain I can divide stuff into the Henry and or Alex portions of things is fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but I'd like, yeah. So I guess we all agree the production value would go down, and I think also the topics would be much less video game related if I was at the helm, just because, for one, obviously my big claim to fame is I pretty much stopped playing video games. So unless people really wanted to hear about me playing paintball and hockey, uh, I... It's a good thing that I retired and not Charlie, I guess is what I'm yeah. going with here. We'd be talking about League yeah. if Jeff was still in charge. There would yeah. be nobody preventing me from talking about Sega constantly. <laughs> yep. uh, right? Yeah, it's so, interesting that count- we would flourish in certain ways if Charlie wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> flourish. Mm, yeah, that's strong sure. words. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, finish the email. Very interesting yeah. one. I'm already working on a potentially equally awkward question for episode 300. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. From what New York, right? Yeah. Can I just point out? It's really interesting. We've had a nice like wave of questions from all over. Like we had, uh, was it Florida, New York, someone in Norway? Yeah. Somebody in Brazil. Brazil? Like that's fucking cool. We do weirdly okay in Scandinavian countries. They make up our second largest demographic. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. At least in, like, direct downloads from Podbeam. Like, it's... Do they not have happiness there or I... something? <laughs> they're, they're really into angry people. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, this uh, has been our longest fucking here. podcast ever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yes, no, thank you so much to everyone who wrote in. Yeah. I... As per usual, cannot thank you guys enough. You guys are the reason that we do this and the reason that we made it to 200. Yeah. Like, even with or without my involvement, what these guys have done here has, I, you know, I'm a fan too. I listen to these guys every single week. And I, so, one.
I don't know if uh, you guys could hear that, but I was clapping because nope, uh, Discord it'd be, doesn't uh, pick that up. thing on Discord. Owned that right. The Turn that into three thumps. Yeah. I heard yep. like thump, thump, that thump, will probably Audacity will pick it up. Software. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, congratulations! You guys have done an absolutely amazing job for basically the last 100 episodes. It's kept me a fan. I have loved everything you guys have done. Listening to you guys once a week is a highlight of my week. I listen to you guys more regularly than other podcasts or pretty much any other podcast I enjoy. They all get to wait until after I listen to the Wicked Awesome cast on Monday. Like, you guys have been doing awesome, and you know, thank you guys for having me. And to the fans, like, thank you guys so much for supporting us and this little thing because this started four ish years ago as just little, tiny, cute little way to spend a Thursday night. And here it is now with people listening and caring, and you guys really make this worthwhile. And we, I know, I think I'm speaking for everyone here when I say we are intensely appreciative of everything you guys have done. And just even just listening or writing in, like, it really, really helps us feel like we've done something yeah. good. And especially with the stuff of, I know previously people were talking or writing in about, you know, throughout this whole COVID thing, like having a moment to see something, you know, fun or whatever, like having the ability to have that moment to, you know, maybe leave a better impact on the world than we would elsewise or I don't even know. I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) At least for me, speaking for me, I'm not sure about the rest of y'all. When anyone kind of refers to our podcast as like a normal moment or like they get to stop worrying about things for however fucking long this episode is and just listen to us be jack offs on the internet for a little bit. That's nice because that's 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 what the podcast has always been in some ways. Like we try and be somewhat informative, but yes, to use my quote, we are not the news. Like no, <laughs> we are we are entertainment and mildly inf- we are entertainingly hopefully and mildly informative maybe. I mean, I guess the only way I can mm-hmm. respond to all that is you're welcome for my service. I've but. yeah, <laughs> that's not quite where I was going. Sure. Yes. <laughs> I was trying to keep it from being arrogant, and we we got there. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> that's why we have Alex. Someone's gonna have that flex. Yep, <laughs> styling uh, on him. Yeah. Anything from you, Henry? Oh no. Nothing really, nothing's really changed. I'm still barely going on on my social media like Instagram and Facebook. I'm still cracking zero, that Z-E-R zero on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Uh, last thing I I Instagrammed about was uh, the box of Japanese snacks that I picked up. Oh, I saw that, I was yeah. like, Which is, I was like, this is my luxury item. I get a luxury item. And that's my luxury item, and I'm making it last. I'm trying to eat barely any of it because it's really good. And it was, yeah. But, yep, that's that's kind of it for me. I, well, If you see Kraken Zero on Destiny 2, that's me missing shots. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, Jeff mentioned uh, Thursday nights. Apparently that's my special night for video game stuff because that's going to be my stream night, I think, going forward. They'll nice. also be, and because I'm me, they're like, there were successfully like four days last week of like, we're streaming right now at 4 a.m. in the morning. Why? I'm up. That that will continue because <laughs> fuck it, why not? But I think I'm gonna try and stick with Thursday night streaming schedule at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah, I, I can be found on YouTube, which is just the archives of stuff, and Twitch under Mordak M O R D 4 K, which is the same for yeah, all my go social. Go check out the, uh, go check out the um, Arkham City playthrough. Really good. 
we explain the whole DC versus Marvel movie thing in way too many details. <laughs> you get to meet Lil. You get to hear me say so Batman a bunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Batman. And the killing joke get brought up a lot. Yeah, well, it's, mm. it kind of has to in a bunch of that stuff. It's a super iconic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, cool. So we do have a special guest this week, Jeff. Would you like to do the honors? Uh, I would. Do the matter! <laughs>